everyone and welcome to the friday nightmares podcast this is episode number 57 where we are going to be talking about british horror continuing our horror from around the world theme uh with you today as always is mr smoke show crawford coming to you from the town of swartz creek in the county of genesee in the state of michigan in the united states of america in the north american continent in the western hemisphere on the planet earth in the Milky Way galaxy, I'm fully faxed, waxed, boosted, and ready to climax. And if you can, please get me wet, feed me after midnight, and I am the man known with Laurie's beard. Don't with you have a, always. New a new nickname, Scott, though, that someone gave you yesterday on a signed autograph? Oh, I am also known as Scott Hausen. That's <laughs> his AEW in-ring name. Oh, uh, we Just will to get clear. that. We will get yes. that. So, and with him as always is Heather Powell coming to you from Waterdown, Ontario, Canada. Um, getting ready for my trip to the UK. Thank you, Scotty, for um, uh, I guess like somehow we I decided that this is just what we were going to do was pick apart all the countries of the UK. Plus, all the films are in English, so you can watch them at work. Right, makes it <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> that was the other thing too. Um, and yeah, so this will be our, our last episode, just to let everyone know, for a couple of weeks, um, Scott and I will not be recording again until the weekend of May 21st, 22nd, and then Scott will release that a week later, so that will be May 27th. So there'll be about three weeks or so with no episodes, um, just with me being away for two weeks and then obviously needing a week to come back and watch the films that we would be talking about <laughs> for our next episode and also figuring out uh, our theme and all that <laughs> yes yes and all that kind of jazz too which i'm sure i'll have lots of time to think about um but yeah so so thank you for listening and if you don't hear from us for a couple of weeks we will be back this isn't like controllers up cards down i run this <laughs> show not scotty so it means that it will return. Um, so we look forward to touching base with all of you again at the end of May. But in the meantime, um, we do have lots to share. As we talked about before, Scotty came up here last weekend sure um, did. for my birthday. And we went to Niagara on the lake and we went to the oldest inn in Canada, which is only 200 years old. Um, we had some drinks and we went looking for the ghost and neither one of us saw him. Unfortunately, I went down to the basement where he's supposed to be uh, haunting and even like, just like said, Hey, I'm American. Come on out. Say hi. Nothing. But you know what? Not all Americans get along with other Americans. So I get it. You're right. And, and, you know, of course, like whether you believe in ghosts or not, I, I find that basement creepy as fuck. I hate oh, it being is down creepy there. As hell. Oh my God. And like the best part about this, this inn is it's still built relatively, like you can tell that people were smaller during that time. 
um we were beside the loudest table known to man um, oh my it was God. good fr- <laughs> it was good friday and here in canada that's basically a stat holiday so restaurants are open um we also went for all you can eat sushi and ate like fat whales like we like to do when we go over all you can eat sushi oh so um, good so good and you know so like a lot of people it's party time right and this is the first april in two years that ontario has not been in lockdown um so this is the first time people have been able to go out on a good friday in literally years literally years so i think everyone is out in fine form um a real treat is that scotty and i watched a 2022 together in person Yes, in person it's been right? years year literally years since we've done that as well we've watched Watch. them virtually together yeah i was saying actually yeah, i think the only one we ever watched that was like in that year was uh Brettle and hansel you're right well i think we yeah you're no, right no we you're... did no we did do the uh couple of the into the dark hulu movies too actually i forgot about those and i think the year that um color out of space dropped. yes yes shit okay we did Never have mind. we did have act, but not many like that's still like we're trying to go back in time you and i like to literally two and a half years ago scott yeah right to think about what we watched and yeah like it's it's crazy we still haven't been to the movie theater yet in a long time together um gretel and hansel was our last movie watching experience but i like going to the movies in the states because the popcorn is like <laughs> ridiculously big everything's ridiculously big and um go big or go yeah, home we, in america Right. And, you know, we had a Gremlins experience together. Um, oh, yeah, we did. That really started the friendship of that we have now. But you had a second Gremlin experience that we're going to talk about later on. Hell yeah, I did. Um, and then Saturday, we went to the historical site Dundurn Castle, where Scott posted some very, in- or took some very inappropriate <laughs> pictures of him with a cannon. And I've been so, meaning to post like me first saying, okay, Scott, you need to fire here. And then Scott's picture of him firing and what he's firing. It's pretty funny. I'll say, it's, I don't know what you're saying about inappropriate. I thought it was totally appropriate. It just and, showed like the power of the smoke show. Exactly. And right. you know, even my mom, I showed the picture to my mom and my stepdad. And I said, you know, my stepdad, I think may have rubbed off on me a bit. And I showed her the picture and she's, she just slapped her forehead and goes, oh my God. Yep. You are <laughs> too much like him. <laughs> That's really funny. I love it. I love it. Well, it was, and then we went to the curiosity store, which was interesting. Yes. Um, they had like an auction or something or a talk going on when we were there, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Like I think they were talking about like a lot of the paintings and stuff that were in the further back area, but yeah, that store was freaking creepy, interesting and kind of disturbing with some of the things they had like a lot of the taxidermy shit was like really unsettling it really was i hate taxidermy stuff it scares me it really makes me uncomfortable um and then what else did we do so then we kind of just chilled oh well you did get a gift for somebody and i don't know if you want to talk about that or not or yeah we ended up uh, heading up what was it uh big b comics big b's comics uh and uh yeah i went just kind of looking for something to get mandy while i was out there because you know i figured i'm like no it's a nice little souvenir uh so i was looking around and ended up finding this like really cool uh harley quinn statue that was discounted like over half off because like it had this tiny little chip in harley quinn's hammer and 
I've, I opened it up in the car and I'd never even seen the chip. I looked closely and I could not find it. So I don't know what happened, but I got a half off discount. So I'm not going to argue. And yeah, she, she loved it. I bet she did. Yeah. It was very nice. And then Scott and I watched some music videos of different artists that we dig and we watched um, Sarah Blackbird. Is that uh, what she's called? Dark Sarah. Dark Sarah. Uh, she was great. And then we, and was she the one that did the Snow White and the Red Rose song? Or was uh, no, that? That was uh, Blackbriar. Black Briar. And we just, anyway, we watched a whole bunch of music videos from, you know, introducing mostly Scott actually introducing me to some artists that he's been listening to, which were really great. Some really good fantasy, heavy rock. I've realized how much I actually really enjoy um, metal. Like, I, I guess I didn't realize metal had so many different subgenres to it. Yeah. Like I was saying, it's uh, heavy metal or just metal in general is just like horror, where it's just like there are layers of subgenres and they all blend they can all blend together and be used together and yeah there's all sorts of unique ones out there and i'm trying to see what was the name of the group that i really nine ice, ice nine kills yep yeah ice yeah, nine kills the one i brought up on the show like sick. a while back oh man scotty you were right fucking awesome i said to scotty we were we were listening to it all day saturday when we were driving around and I said, man, if he, if they come, cause like the chances of them coming to Canada are not as high as the chances of them coming to Detroit area. Right. And I was like, if they come man, we're going like, there's <laughs> not even like buy me a ticket. I'll pay you back. Like it doesn't, <laughs> I'm going, I'm right. taking the day off work and I'm going. Um, definitely was totally my vibe, totally my jam. Um, and we also watched amusement park videos. So Scott and I also like abandoned amusement parks or like creepy rides and shit like that. And we, well, I got, I got him onto this, uh, crazy theme park YouTube channel. And it's great. If you like rides, this guy covers all different kinds of rides. And if you just want to turn off your brain and watch something relaxing, I totally fucking recommend it. Yeah. And he, uh, showed, he showed in one of his videos, uh, something that was like, oh my God, I need to go to this. And then he goes, and it was closed down like 15 years ago and replaced, but it was a gremlins themed dark ride that was out in Germany. I'm going, holy shit. That's amazing. It's like basically like a Warner brothers studio and the gremlins come in and take over and just start causing havoc like gremlins do. And it was epic. Yeah, it was freaking sweet. I was like, oh my God, I need to go to this. And then they're like, yeah, it closed down a while ago. I'm going, oh. Scott's like, you motherfucker. It's like someone find those gremlin puppets and bring them to me. Bring me the puppets is what Scott said. Uh, and then, of course, I, uh, I dressed up uh, in my leather outfit. For those of you who are personal friends with me, you would have seen it. Other people saw Scott and I's video. I would like to shout out one of our listeners who gave me the nicest compliments. And I'm not going to say his name. He knows who he is. He said something, he sent me a private message and he said, my wife told me I'm not allowed to comment on this picture. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it was, you know who you are. And I got to tell you that made my night. So thank you so much. I thought that was the funniest shit I had ever read. Um, And complimentary. And like, that's actually a really big compliment. I, you know, so very, very kind. Um, One person wanted Scott and I to change outfits. (laughs) <laughs> and they wanted to see him in the leather corset. I don't think that corset would have fit Scott, though. Like, I, I think he would need a size up or two because he's got a big chest. Like, yeah. he's, he's broad. Like, he is, he's, he's has broad shoulders and shit. So I don't know if that would have fit him too well. I would have tried, nonetheless. I would have looked you dead sexy. <laughs> you probably would have, actually. You would have gone out. And you would have fit in at the drag show. The drag queens would have True. been confused. They would have been like, are you performing tonight? Um, I'm performing on my own. Yeah, you're like by myself in the bathroom. I'll be sitting <laughs> alone. 
So then we went to hamburger, which is our usual go-to, had some yum yum food. Um, and then we went to Absence and we met up with two of my friends there who joined us, but it was a pretty good, it was pretty busy. I think it was busier than when you were there before. Yeah, that was right. Packed. It was pretty packed. And that's not as packed as it was on Halloween, Scotty. Like a picture of upstairs packed, downstairs packed, like people hanging out on the staircase. Cause there's this kind of like romantic staircase that takes you up to where the washrooms are, which are the furthest thing from romantic. Um, the washrooms are pretty gross, but <laughs> I don't know. No, I think that's... think they're as bad as the shit in Flint. So. Well, I mean, it's a nightclub bar where people are drunk, especially the men's bathroom. It's going to be disgusting. No matter where you go, if it's a bar yeah. and people are getting drunk, the bathrooms yeah. are going to be disgusting. That's just unfortunately how it is. You're right. You're right. So I, uh, anyway, I drank a lot. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, <you> <laughs> Hell, you I know drank I a lot. I did you know I vomited I... when I came home, Scott? Did you hear me throwing up? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling you might have had to the next morning. I didn't expect it that evening. Oh, yeah, that night. So anyway, um, Scott can retell his part of the evening, but this is what I remember. I remember uh, showing up. <laughs> I remember my friends coming. I remember a couple of drag queen performances. I remember grinding to getting dirty by Christina Aguilera and making George record me on his phone <laughs> yep. dancing. Um, then there's a lot of blackness. <laughs> remember. Um, and I remember Anne leaving and me telling her to text me when she got home. And then I remember us smoking a joint outside. And that's when things turned. <laughs> I don't remember much after yeah, I, uh, cause I was in and out a lot. Cause I was getting a lot of uh, social anxiety uh, for, cause I haven't been in a place that was like that packed and with that loud of music and the bass was really getting to me. So I was like, yeah, I it to, was loud. So I had to step outside quite often. And, uh, but no, like I, all I know is you were on the dance floor majority of the night. <laughs> oh, was I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. You and George were out there a lot. And then, uh, was Amber, Amber and Dave out there a lot? Yep. Amber and Dave okay. were out there a lot. I was just going to say that, uh, your two work friends were there. Um, I don't remember who, I can't remember their names. Brittany and Jeff. Yeah. Brittany and Jeff. And they were, I think, uh, Brittany was on the dance floor. Jeff was kind of sitting back and just chilling. Um, yeah. But yeah, mo uh, my experience most of the night was, uh, people watching outside because good Lord, there were some interesting folk outside. Um, oh yeah. Hamilton's full of the finest people, Scotty. Well, most of them were from the club and just having. Oh, nice. Yeah. They were just out there just, uh, getting, you know, they were hammered or smoking weed and just like, I was just shooting the shit with a lot of interesting people out there. And then, uh, though, then there was like some, uh, homeless guy walking around who asked me for money. I'm like, sorry, dude, ain't got shit. He went up to the ladies next to me who were out there smoking, uh, asked them, they had no money, but he gave, they gave him a smoke and he walked away. But while that was going on, there was a cop across the street, uh, look, uh, looking at a car that must've been like parked for too long or something or illegally parked. Cause he was taking a picture of the license plate and, uh, taking a picture of a couple of more things on the car. And while he was doing it, you know, he's standing there. You can see he's like using his phone. The homeless guy's walking down the road. All of a sudden he turns around and goes, are you fucking filming me? Motherfucker, are you fucking filming me? And started like just raising his shoulders and like started walking towards the cop. And the cop's going, dude, chill the fuck out. I am taking pictures of this car. That's right. You better be. He's like, I can film you if you want me to. Oh, that's why I'm getting pissed. You're fucking filming. Don't you fucking film me. <laughs> cop's going, dude, get the hell out of here. And the dude just like stormed off, like screaming, fuck you, motherfucker. Just like, I'm going, ah, 
good old city life. Just (laughs) (laughs) wow, Scotty, look at you. I was too busy trying to get dirty and rowdy like Christina Aguilera on the fucking dance floor. But I'll say, you know, being someone that is kind of a uh, you know smoker, either like uh, cigars or uh, vape or whatever, I always find the more interesting conversations and things like that happen outside of venues because that's where you have the people that do step outside to cool off or to smoke a joint or to smoke or whatever. Yeah. And it's a way to just kind of bond with some other people a little more quietly and intimately. And it's a way to meet new people. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I, uh, though I had this, the last thing I remember, Scotty, before I left the bar, was I was pretty drunk and high. And I'm walking towards the bar to get a drink of water. And this young lady falls in front of me and I'm helping her up. And this 35, he said he was 35. We met him outside, the creepy bald dude that was talking to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to intervene. He's like, I dropped her, I dropped her. And I'm asking her if she's okay. And he's trying to interview and I push him and I'm like, I'm talking to her. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you don't want to fuck with me. You probably don't want to fuck with me when I'm sober. (laughs) You're probably not going to want to do this when I'm drunk. Because she was obviously very inebriated like I was. So I'm trying to like make eye contact with her because I'm hammered, but I'm like, are you all right? Is this okay? Cause she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's okay. He's just buying me drinks. It's all good. I'm like, are you sure? Cause I can tell she looks maybe 21 years old and this dude is not 35. Like he said he is. He's definitely right. more like 45 or 50 and that's fine. You know what? As long as it's consensual, I don't give a shit about the age gap. That's not what I'm concerned about. What I'm concerned about is it being consensual. So Anyway, and then Jeff came over, Brittany's husband, and he's like, it's a big dude, right? He's like, everything okay? It was great. <laughs> Jeff and I, like, ready to fuck shit up. But yeah, so I, uh, George's dad picked this up. It was just very kind. I could barely put together a sentence in the cab. I could barely talk. And I, I threw up and passed out in my clothes on my bed and woke up at six to feed my dog and had to get changed out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, wow. <laughs> You went wow. to bed. I don't even know what the fuck happened to you, guy. <laughs> yeah, because I, I had it like surprisingly. I drank a lot, but I was not like wasted. Like I was like mm. I had a buzz the whole time, but I was not wasted. I drank a lot. Like I'm thinking that I drink like uh, I'm thinking they must not have made the drinks strong because they wanted you to buy more or whatever. Oh but, man, uh, I don't know. They were pretty strong for me, guy. <laughs> Well, you were also drinking uh, a lot of uh, ciders doubles. and things like that. And oh, were you doing doubles too? I think I think people were like, because I got the promoter bought me at the club, bought me some drinks because oh, I buy him right. drinks sometimes. And I think he bought me a double. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Because yeah, I wasn't doing any doubles with mine, but I was doing like cranberry and vodka and stuff like that. And like, yep, yeah, I was like, I had a nice buzz, but I was not like wasted. I could still talk and think coherently. And but by the time we got back, though, I was exhausted and crashed because I, I knew oh, it was I like two up. in the morning. Yeah. By the time we got home, it was after two. Yeah. And I had to also get up early because I had a draw, drive ahead of me. Plus, I, it was Easter Sunday. So I want and I had a family thing to go to. So I had to make sure to get home in time for that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. Uh, so, yeah, I came home. For, I think I like uh, went upstairs, threw on my gym shorts and passed the hell out. Yeah, I bet you did. It was it was a fun weekend. It was definitely our typical. We only went live once. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I wasn't feeling the best on Saturday. Yeah, um, I was a little under the weather, but um, we still partied through and I would say had a pretty good time. Um, and it was nice to be able to go out and celebrate my birthday. So after two years of lockdown, which, you know, it isn't the biggest deal in the world, um, but it was nice to be able to get out and do things and 
have fun again. And yeah, it was a really, it was a really fun time, even though I made some very, very poor decisions. And because of that, I didn't drink much this weekend. <laughs> I was in bed by 1030 last night, Scott. Wow. Yeah, you can hear Mickey barking away. He's like, yeah, mama, you're a loser. Um, but yeah, I was, I was definitely done. And uh, especially with my big trip coming up and the amount of drinking I'm probably going to end up fucking doing in the UK. Um, yeah, not so much in tough. Ireland, but definitely when I meet up with Mark and people and Kate and Matt. Yeah, I was oh going to say, Kate, Kate, Matt, <laughs> Kate and Matt, you're in trouble. Oh man, I'm going to be making poor decisions. Left Actually, center. I don't know who's in trouble. I don't know if you're in trouble or if they're in trouble, but there's going to be I think trouble. we're all in trouble. I think Hold on. Mickey wanted in the room and was upset that the door was closed on him. <laughs> um, I, yes, I think we are all in trouble. I think there's going to be bad times all around. So, um, but yes, I'm very excited to see them. And also we recorded with Kate and Matt. That was a pretty big blast. Was it oh, not? That was an amazing, uh, that was an amazing time though. So yeah, like Kate, uh, Kate and Matt, thank you guys for having us on. Cause that was a ton of fun. Uh, we ended up Gosh, I think we recorded for like four, four and a half hours or whatever, but it didn't even feel like it. And it was just because that was the first time we've all recorded together. We've recorded with Matt, yeah. obviously, but that was the first time we've worked with Kate and like the two of us and then the two of them combined together. Oh, man. So many freaking jokes. So perverse yeah. and just so much fun. And we'd actually did some pretty good deep dives on the movies that I didn't expect a deep dive for a certain film, but we did go into it pretty well. And I'm like, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. We definitely had a lot of fun. Please check out their podcast. It's the internal, ah, oh, fuck Scott, you said. <laughs> the eternal darkness of the not so spotless mind. Bam. Kate is editing it today. Uh, she messaged me this morning because we're trying to make up plans for when I go out there. Um, and her and I and Matt make poor decisions. I don't think it'll be as poor as the decisions I made on my birthday. I don't think I'll be like, there's every, every couple of months or so. Scott knows when this happens. Um, this was the first time he was physically here for it though. Yeah. Um, there's been a handful of times over the last couple of years where I have got beyond intoxicated and not like there was Halloween 2020 new year's 2020 going to 2021 um was last year yeah so devil's night 2020 i think i was pretty drunk this last halloween and then and then and then my birthday like that's oh yeah like i when i throw up that means i've had too much and i yeah like i didn't even know where i was like i like i literally woke up with my phone in my head hand my fucking skirt my leather corset my makeup smeared on my pillow oh you didn't like, even like change into like comfy clothes no or no dude i didn't <laughs> i fucking threw up and passed out on my bed that's what happened oh my um, god wow yeah like i'm surprised you didn't hear it i'm surprised you didn't hear me up chucking it was like it was loud up chucking what are you from the 50s <laughs> oh man i was i was definitely vomiting my fucking guts out because <laughs> too much to drink and then the weed honestly the weed fucking nee, nee, nee. Like, it pushes it, it over that when you drink that much and then do that it always pushes you I over know. the edge like i know for, for everybody Anybody, yeah right so that will be i i'm not due to make any poor decisions like that for at least another six months so um we should have some time where i uh oh, like the other time is when uh remember when you were locked down well it wasn't really locked down but the borders were locked down it was amber's birthday and you and i were doing videos back and forth you were with adam oh god we doing- yeah. <laughs> oh my god that yeah, day like- we recorded and we sounded like we were fucking dying <laughs> 
Yeah, because we were both just like, why did we challenge each other back and forth on these videos over and over and over again? It's like, oh, my God, because I don't think you realized how much Adam and I could drink. And I don't think we realized how much you and your ladies could drink. So we're doing the video thing, challenge each other. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, one man. of us is going to stop at some point. No, we just kept going. Oh, that was <laughs> bad decisions as well that night. But anyway, here we are. Um, so as we move into our 2022s, honestly, oh, I hate to say it because I don't want to be that person. Nothing's overly stood out to me this year, like a handful have. Um, but nothing has really rocked my world. A couple have been really, really entertaining, but I don't know. I'm still feeling like 2020 was, was my favorite year so far. There were so many films I liked in 2020. Yeah. Um, there is one that, uh, everyone's been talking about that I have not had a chance to watch yet, but, uh, and it sounds like right up my alley and that's the sadness. Um, cause that one just sounds no, some stuff Scott's sex life. That's, Oh God, no, <laughs> no. Oh, oh no! Well, let's not let's not go there. That no, from what I've heard. Oh really? Not, yeah. Let's, 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 let's not, no. <laughs> Hold on. Now I want to Google it. You talk about it for a second. The sadness. Yeah, because I haven't watched. About? I haven't watched it yet, but it's basically a zombie film. Uh, I think it was Taiwanese, but uh, pretty much everyone said it is like probably the most vicious, uncomfortable, vile thing they've seen in a long time. But these zombies. So yeah, your sex life. No, no. <laughs> Like there's shit where like uh like zombies are sexually assaulting people. There's uh oh, zombies. That's you would do that. Yeah, that's there's true. like zombies uh killing people and then skull fucking their brain their head. Oh man, that yeah, sounds like my kind of film. Up. There's some fucked up shit in this film for what I've been hearing. And uh, oh man, one of my friends uh, basically compared it to the comic uh the crossed and i thought that would never be a thing that could be compared to a movie because the crossed comics are vile and horrifying and just disturbing and mean and it's kind of what this movie sounds like it is so i'm dying it's coming to, to theaters it. it's coming to theaters in ontario really i won't be here because i'll be on the other side of the world you know what wow. maybe if i got nothing to do in dublin one night maybe i'll go see the movie Hey, there you go. I'll be shocked if it comes to American theaters, like a full theatrical release. I don't think it's full Canadian. It's select ones. It's it's actually in population groups where there's more um, multiculturalism, mm. probably because there's more, you know, people from different backgrounds will go see different films because it is a Thai film. Um, but yeah, our Taiwan film. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. I have to yeah. check it out. Yeah, I, I know it's on our good friends Plex, so I'm hoping. Oh, cool. so I will be uh, watching it before our next. Our uh, before oh, we record again. I'll watch it, and then I'll have to remember it three weeks later. It'll be great. Um, yeah. But we'll start off now, Scott. Have you watched any of these films? Uh, there is only two on this list. I have really slacked off with 2022s this last couple of weeks, um, mainly because like, you know, work got busy and I also fell down a rabbit hole of found footage films because I found this list of the uh, best found footage horror films that are on Tubi. And so I was going through that list and watching ones I have not seen. So translation, um, I'm the only one that takes this seriously. Scott does not. Exactly. Scotty needed that's to break the, from Scotty needed the, to break from the uh just bland 2022s that have been coming out. Oh, they are bland. It's like fucking white rice all around. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> all right. We'll start with number one is Uma. 
This movie is an 83-minute runtime, and it stars the famous actress Sandra Oh, who is always a pleasure to see, actually. Um, this is probably one of the better 2022s to come out this year. You got Sandra Oh in a film. You're not going to go wrong. She's a fucking awesome actress. Um, a mother's love never dies. Amanda and her daughter live a quiet life on an American farm, but when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Um, kind of a mixture of a ghost story, I guess you could say. The runtime of 83 minutes is fine. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It moves rather quickly. I think this is a great film. I think it's well acted. I think it's suspenseful. I, I don't think it's overly shocking. It does anything really, really new for the genre, but I think the performances is what really sells this film. Um, it is available on Microsoft Store, Vudu, Spectrum on Demand, DirecTV, and AMC on Demand. Uh, next one, Hunting Souls. This one is a 93-minute runtime. It has a 2.6 rating on Letterboxd. Tim Davis gave it a two-star rating, and Tim Davis is right. Um, this is a... Oh, boy. Feels like a Lifetime film that has some demon shit in it. Um, Haunted Souls is a story of an American couple who are dealing with their, oh, I should say for Uma, a $3.99 rental is definitely worth it. $4.99 or $5.99 is a high quality film. It's a film that you should watch this year. Okay. Hunting Sweet. Souls on the other one, which is about, uh, it's a story of an American couple who are dealing with the hardships of caring for their sick child and they discover they are being haunted by a demon is not worth a rental. Um, honestly, the acting here is very wooden. Um, it's not overly believable. Some of the dialogue is just fucking painful. Like, it's just really, really hard to sit through. Um, I didn't even think it was a great procession film. And the ending is just dumb. It's a really dumb fucking ending. Um, I don't really recommend it, but if for some reason you're a completist and you like to watch all the procession films that have ever been out there, uh, you can check this one out on iTunes, Google Play, Microsoft Store, or YouTube. Next. We have, you haven't seen this one yet either, have you, Scotty? Nope. And guess what? You're not going to want to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this movie is called The, the Institute. And it is, a, I think it's about an 85 minute runtime. Um, it's basically about a young couple struggle with fertility and they go to an institute to help them, you know, through homopathic remedies and um, other such things to get pregnant. And they are obviously the institution is not what it seems Ooh. and it is meant for evil intentions like i don't know this is a paint by fucking number movie the problem was the acting and the writing was so poor um that it made it a little bit painful to sit through like this movie made the tubi films look like academy award winning films all right in my opinion i know we're going to talk about a tubi oh movie on here in a bit um i know lance wasn't a big fan of this tubi movie that we're going to talk about lance don't watch the institute because the institute is worse than that tubi movie that you didn't like so um not a fan of this film but if for some reason you're really looking to watch stuff on people's fertility treatments you can find this on itunes voodoo youtube microsoft store or direct tv um i personally don't think it's worth the rental price but definitely don't pay more than 2.99 for this now we have one that Scotty and I watched together. So this yeah. is going to be really cool. So Scotty, I'll let you introduce this one. All right. So this movie is Choose or Die, which is on Netflix. Um, and it is a story about this uh, friends that uh, find this computer game that uh, basically is a choose your own adventure type game and makes you 
it forces you to do certain make certain choices and when you do the choices of course are not uh, very pleasant and if you don't do it you will die so w- most of the choices they have to make end up involving someone they love being hurt in one way or another or being killed and i found this one to be like kind of a mix of truth or dare and uh there's another movie that we were trying to compare it to. It but... kind of reminded me of the movie that we saw that we both really loved with the guy that plays the video game. Yes, uh, Live Scream. Yeah. Live Scream. Yeah, so yeah, like it's kind of a mix of those. And, but, you know, it was it's more made for teenage type horror or young, oh, yeah. young adult horror. Um, it wasn't bad. Had some moments. The first two acts were okay. The third act is actually where it kind of picked up and I was going, well, this was interesting. I liked where it ended up going. I, yeah. Yeah. I found yeah. this to just be a fun, like, it is one of those movies where you can just sit back and watch it with, like, s- some drinks and some friends because we were talking over top of it and drinking and, yeah. you know, just, just uh, having fun. And yeah, it was a good movie. Like, I mean, not good movie, but it was a good movie to sit there with friends and watch. Yeah. Like, the three of us sitting there with Scotty, George, and I, it was fine. Like, George enjoyed it too. And, you know, it was like, I don't know. I kind of put this in the same realm as when we were kids and watched Final Destination and shit like that. Yes. And, you know, idle hands and shit. Like, it's just, it's a teenage film. Yet again, this is meant for teenagers of today. Um, and I thought it was fine enough. I thought the third act for me made it better. I did really enjoy the third act. I thought the, I thought the conclusion was really clever to be quite honest with you. Um, but what I, I think if you have Netflix, check it out. I, it's if it's an 85 minute watch. And if you're just looking to put on something that's simple, easy to digest, it's easy to watch. Um, is it like the best film of the year? Of course not. It's definitely not. But if you're looking for something that you can just throw on the Netflix, chill out to, maybe you got a teenager at home or someone that's maybe interested in getting into horror, maybe they were like video games and then nostalgia of like, 90s Carmen San Diego and Oregon Trail and Doom, then fucking put this movie on and you'll have a good enough time with it. Um is my is my thoughts on it. Yeah. Yeah, it's about pretty much how I'd feel about it too. Like it's it's on Netflix, so it's it's worth watching. Like it's not gonna be yeah. anyone's list, but it, it was it's fun. You know, and it kind of reminds me like Netflix has come out with like there's someone in your house last year. People shit on that movie. It was meant for fucking teenagers. Fuck yeah. sakes. Like it's meant for teenagers of this generation. Stop shitting on this generation. People shit on our generation. People shit on the generation before that. Just let people like what they like, man. Yeah. Like it's it's a, it's a teenager film. It's if you want to watch it, turn off your brain and and just have a good time. Have you seen this next one? Nope. The only one I've seen is the very end of this list. Okay. So the next one is called The Cellar, and this is on The Shutter, in Canada anyway, and I think it's on The Shutter in the United States too. You guys, I think you guys have access to this one. Have you checked it all? I have not. I, I don't even I don't oh. recognize the name of this one. Okay, letterboxes that you guys have it, so we'll see. Um, this is a 94-minute runtime, and it's, st- and it's starring Alicia Cuthbert, the uh, heartthrob. Oh, wow. George was the one that recognized her. I did not recognize her. Um, but he recognized her. He's like, I know her from somewhere. And like, he's like, I think it's, I think it's Alicia Cuppard. I'm like, really? It is? And of course she's, you know, looks different because she's no longer fucking 20 years old. Right. right. Like, she's aged. What, what movie is this though? Like, I don't think you say the title. The Seller. I did. Okay. It said The Seller. The Seller. Oh. It's a 94 minute run time. Um, she stars in it and uh, some other random people. No one else that I think most people would know. Um, when Kira Wood's daughter mysteriously vanishes in the cellar of their new home in the countryside, she soon discovers uh, that there is an ancient and powerful entity controlling their home. 
and that she will have to face it or risk losing her family's souls forever. Um, you know, very much like a haunting kind of possession, evil spirit type of film. Not bad. Uh, entertaining enough for what it was. I think if you have Shudder and, you know, you're looking to watch more movies this year, I don't think you're going to hate your time with this. It doesn't okay. overstay its, well, its welcome at a hundred and, or sorry, at an hour and a half, just over. Um, the acting is fine enough. The, the ending is not really a surprise to avid horror fans. Um, I don't think an avid horror fan would be like, oh, that's how it ends. No way. Um, but it's it's good enough. Honestly, the acting in it is good enough. The plot is good enough. The effects are good enough. It's creepy enough. Um, I don't know if it will be something that ends up on people's top 20 lists, but I think as a free watch on Shudder, if you're paying for Shudder anyway, you might as well check it out. Nice. It is available though for rent on iTunes. Um, it is on Shutter Canada. Oh shit, it's only on Shutter Canada right now. Oh. It's only available in Canada. Um, so I, I assume it will eventually be dropped on another streaming service in the States. Maybe someone else is fighting for it instead of Shutter. Shutter could only get it on Canada. I don't know. Hmm. Or maybe they'll drop it on the States later. So that would explain why you haven't seen it. Okay, um, that makes more sense. Right? Might be one of our might be one of our good friends' plexes, though. We'll find out. Yeah, well, it is. Okay. So yeah, it is. So you can watch it on there if you want to. Um, the next one just came out this week and I went to watch it just wondering like, ah, you know, it's going to be a typical infection film and it's called virus 32. It's a 90 minute runtime and the virus is unleashed. A chilling massacre runs through the street of mom, mom video, mom video, probably didn't say that right, but fuck is this a ride man i felt like i was on a roller coaster the entire time oh no it shit. starts off with like a little bit of a, like a teaser of what's happening kind of similar to um the boys from county hell yeah and then it like you know does a little bit of character development and then it is balls to the walls nice and it is go 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 for an hour and a half it's like i felt like i was listening to dance music like like it was just it was quick and you know we're not reinventing the wheel here this is nothing like an infection movie is an infection movie they all basically have a very similar premise um, this infection is very similar to 28 Days Later, the infection that's presented in there. Nice. Um, the infected, I won't call this zombie. Um, I guess people, you could go back and forth. I really don't give a fuck, but these are not zombie zombies. These guys are angry. They're ready to fight and kill. So um, emotional, very emotional. Uh, nothing that I think is going to like yet again, redo the, the horror genre, but it's fun and it's an easy watch. And I think if you got the shuddy, um, it is well, well, well worth it. It is on American Shutter and Canadian Shutter. You can find it on there. So I recommend checking it out. Uh, not on Children's Shutter though. I don't know Aww. if Children's Shutter has picked it up yet, but soon, soon. That's a shame. You know, Children's <laughs> Shutter can't get it all. But yeah, I definitely think out of the Shutter watches I've I've watched this year, this was probably one of my more enjoyable ones. Nice. All right, yeah, I'll definitely have yeah. to check this out then while you're gone. Well, I've been gone. Scott's been watching horror movies for the first time. <laughs> Definitely feels like it. Um, right? But yeah, I guess I can talk about the next one because um, that's the only other movie I watched on this. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, this is a, I don't know if it's a Tubi original, but I found it on Tubi. When I was doing my uh, like found footage list, kind of scrolling through, 
this one had gotten suggestions. So I was like, oh, sweet, I'll watch it. Not realizing it was a 2022 release. So I was like, oh, sweet. Well, I'll be able to add it to my 2022 list then. Um, but it's called Deadware. And it's based in, I want to say, the 90s. Um, they're like, uh, it's two Which, friends. The only thing, I, the thing that's weird, Scott, is I think it's based in the 90s, but they use language like it's 2022. They kind of do, yeah. Right? Like, I was kind of like, pick your pick your decade. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, that's right. a small critique. You know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> but uh, yeah, this one was basically, uh, yeah, based in the 90s, uh, two friends that are, one's in, I think she said, uh, what was it, Quebec? I can't remember where she said she was. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, she was basically out of the U.S., and it was her best friend that she was talking to, and they were testing out the webcam and all that stuff for the first time and doing their first ever, like, kind of, like, video chat-style stuff. And then all of a sudden they notice an icon appears on their screen on their computer screen of this game called Deadware. And they're like, what the hell? Let's check this out. And they check it out. And it's like this kind of video game, kind of like uh, actual footage, found footage type uh, scenario. And yeah, they're basically forced to continue going through this game and like it, things get more and more fucked up and they start uncovering secrets about someone else they know uh, being like playing this game and whatnot. And I found it like it's nothing. It didn't break the mold. It's nothing like no. ex, ex, nothing crazy. But I found this to be fairly entertaining. Like for like a low budget found foot, like yeah, low budget two person found footage film. I found it to be you know pretty entertaining. And I figure if you're a fan of anything found footage, I'd say it's worth a watch. It's on Tubi. It's free. Just got to deal with commercials. That but yeah, yeah, I found it fine. Fine enough. And I think my compliment to the actor should be: I actually felt like I was watching two friends. Yes, like I did. I actually felt like I was just watching like Scott and I shooting the shit over Zoom. Yeah, and then having this game to play with, and you know, I, I I'll give the actors credit for that. Like I I think what they were trying to present was present well enough. And yet again, it's Tubi films like. You know, I compared to the Institute and Hunting Souls, this was a fucking Academy Award winning film. So that tells you how bad those two were. Um, I thought it was entertaining enough. I watched it at the gym at the gym while I was working out. I usually do like an hour on the treadmill and then I do weights and stuff. And, you know, it was easy to kind of plop down my phone in front of me while I was doing some arm curls and like watch the film. It was easy to, you know, follow along what was happening. And it it's not long. It's only 68 minutes long in length. Like, yeah. I'll give them credit. They didn't over overstay it. It's like uh, similar to the movie that was out last year, Host, that was only yes. 60 minutes. You know, it's smart. Like, they are they know what they are, and they're keeping it to a relatively short length. And I respect that. Do I think it's a majorly amazing movie? Of course not. But I think for Tubi original, it's not bad. And I think Tubi's been giving us some decent enough entertaining enough films to watch and we will definitely have a Tubi award this year um and more than i think we will have i think we may have to retire what was the other company that we uh oh my shit. gosh why can't we remember right now so you tell you how long it's been since they uncorked. put out a movie uncorked movie i don't think i've seen anything uncorked this year no neither have i right so i we may not have an uncorked award this year unless they start releasing something We'll have to go to their website and see what an uncorked films are that are coming out. But yeah, I would say if you, you know, got Tubi or Amazon Prime, it's on as well. And you feel like watching like video game horror, it's fun. Um, go in with low expectations, you know, probably have a good time. It's free. Yeah. So yeah, like, that's pretty much how I'm at. Like, yeah, just it's easy watch. Like you said, 68 yeah. minutes. You're not going to lose a lot of time to it. I know Lance Langford from the Horror Returns. I 
told him, I'm like, because he was asking for suggestions, because he always comes to us oh, for no. suggestions. And you suggested this to him? Well, because he was asking him, he's like, anything well, now new? Lance isn't going to listen to our show anymore. <laughs> but he asked, he's like, is there anything new that I haven't seen yet or, or anything recent you guys watched that you would recommend? And I'm going, well, I kind of mildly recommend this. I was like, I just watched it. It's fine. It's nothing. Blow your mind. But yeah, he hated it. But I, but Lance also has different tastes. Lance, than I most you know what Lance also hates? The escape room. And who hates the escape room? That's true. Lance. Angry Texans hate Shame. the escape room. <laughs> Angry Texans. <laughs> you know what, though? Him and I are on the same page with the Pet Cemetery remake. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm okay with it. I liked it. I, I know. Like, don't worry, Lance. We don't care what other people say. It's me and Lance against the world. That's what it is. Lance, Lance Lanford from the Horror Returns podcast. Please check them out if you haven't. Himself, Brian, and Phil, and I don't know, whoever else they have on there randomly sometimes is an exceptional show. So please check them out. Um, so yeah, let's get into our older watches. So Scott and I have watched some older watches. Scott went on his found footage uh, binge and recommended to me Capture Kill release 2016. And Fuck when I yeah. first saw the from when I first saw the um the cover, I was like, fuck Scott, of course. <laughs> I know because the cover art really does not sell what this movie is. Like, why, Scott? You already made me watch Father's Day. <laughs> you loved it and like, you know it. I did. I actually really liked Father's Day. I thought it I gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh spoiler. I thought it was a great fucking film. I just pretend like I don't like films to get like, you know, <laughs> drama. Um, but yeah, this one was fucking amazing. Like you know, and here's the thing. It was fucking amazing for a found footage film. That's what it was fucking amazing for. I bought into the two characters. I bought into the reason why they were filming. I bought into the special effects. I bought into how they use their money in this found footage. I bought into the ending. It's a fucking ride. You know, this was a surprise for me, just like Landmine Goes Click. Uh, two oh, movies yeah. that have come out. And maybe we should do, like, at the end of this year, we shout out older watches. If we had some older watches this year that just totally, like, we were like, I, didn't fucking see that company coming. So I am down for that, actually. That sounds like right? a good idea. Because I was thinking about that before with our year, uh, end of the year lists, like, just because we do watch a lot of first-time watches. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do watch, like, I'm up to, when it comes to watches for first-time watches, not 2022s, 58 films. Wow, I'm at 21. <laughs> and for 2022 horror films i'm at 53 and i am at 41 i think i i have a feeling i will definitely break over 100 this year i may make it to 150 films but i don't think i'll be pushing the 200s anymore no. um also because of just how my work schedules changed as well I will eventually be going back into the office one or two days a week or one or two days a month. They haven't quite decided yet how that's going to look. Um, and to be honest, there's been some 2022s that I've looked at that I'm like, I just can't do this. Like, I just know that it's not going to be a film that I'm going to enjoy. But I think 53 is not bad to be at for this point. I've seen enough stuff that a lot of other people haven't seen. And I always enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Get your not as much cred. as Mark. Yeah, not as much as Mark Nato, but like it's up there. And, you know, but in terms of, of first time watches, I always enjoy my first time watches that are, you know, from other years. And I feel like I really have kind of started to like educate myself a little bit more. But anyway, this film is great. It's available on Tubi, United States and in Canada. 
and it is fucking dark. So just go into this knowing it's a very, very dark found footage. Um, it's basically about a couple that fantasizes about killing someone. And when it actually comes time to, things do not go as planned. Um, yeah. And we'll just leave it at that because I think it's a movie to be watched. Um, it will take you about two hours to watch it with commercials on Tubi, but totally worth your time. Yeah, because this is one that was on my list that I, I think it was the Dread Central list that had suggested this. If I remember to, when I when this episode comes out, I will see if I can find that list and put it up on our page too. Because um, nice. it's it's got some very interesting uh, found footage films on there. And yeah, Capture Kill release. I watched it. Um, I was so invested in the story. Like I believed the characters, like the boyfriend and girlfriend were, they weren't husband and wife, I don't think. But yeah, I think they were just boyfriend and girlfriend. I, I wasn't sure. I, you know, it doesn't matter. They're in a committed relationship. They have a house together. Yeah. Like they're committed. Yeah. And like you're you're involved because like you're like man these people are idiots what the hell are they doing why would they yeah. do this these these people are sick and then like things change and you're going oh i really hate this one person now like they make it so you do not like the certain character and and man there are some scenes in this that when something happens like it just fucking broke my heart and i felt like just disgusted by the person that did it because i'm just like how could you do that oh my god and yeah man like it, and once again, this is another low-budget film that used used its effects wisely and used them where they needed to use them. And some of these scenes looked extremely realistic to the point where it was like making me a little uneasy. Like yep. when I got finished with this movie, I just messaged Heather and Brandon. I'm going, "Holy fucking shit! This movie's incredible." It's yeah. And I was like, "Heather, watch this." I know Brandon's already seen it, but holy shit, watch this! This is an awesome movie. Like it's fucked up, but it's awesome. Yeah, great suggestion, Scotty. And I recommend it, you know, found footage wise. I think it's an excellent example of how you can make a really strong found footage film. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, speaking of another one that's uh, recommended like for found footage film, I'll talk about the one that I brought to the table today. And that's called Butterfly Kisses from 2018. Also from that uh, list that I had found uh, for 2B found footage films. And it's basically a mockumentary style uh, found footage where mm -hmm. it is uh, this movie director finds these old uh, VHS tapes in his uh, in his house. Like they're just kind of stored underneath these floorboards. And when he was doing some remodeling, came across them and he started watching them and realized it was a uh, recordings of these two college students who were trying to do like their first time film for college. And they were trying to do like a documentary based upon this. Uh, I forget what the creature's name was, but it's like basically a mythological creature that um, you have to stare without blinking in this certain uh, tunnel for, I think it was like 15 minutes straight. So try to imagine how hard, how fucking hard that is to do. Um, and if you do, this creature will appear and show up and, from then on out, we'll follow you wherever you go. And every time you blink and open your eyes, he's moving closer and closer. Sounds like the vodka I had last weekend. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, continues. <laughs> but yeah, the reason it's called Butterfly Kisses is because, like, every time you blink, he's getting closer and closer and closer till he is, like, right in your face. And, like, you know, the butterfly kisses where you're closing your eyes and your eyelashes touch or whatever. That's what it's basically based off of. And this creature kind of looks like a different version of Sunderman. But uh, they end up finding out that when they decided to set up a camera, because they're going, well, we obviously can't uh, stare without blinking for 15 minutes. Like we're not, we, can, we can't do it. We've tried it. How about we set up a camera? Because the camera lens is kind of like an unblinking eye. Let's see what happens. And then, yeah, then it's like uh, the found footage showing of what's happening with that camera. 
and what happens to the people that are involved with it. And this director who found these tapes decides he wants to make a documentary about these students who did this documentary. And he's trying to put it out for sale and no one's believing him, thinking he's just made this all up and it's a hoax and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. I found it very fascinating, very intriguing. Kind of gave me Lake Mungo vibes with a bit of it because it was a lot of interviews of like with professionals and trying to like discredit the director and all that. I recommend this one. I found it, yeah, just very fascinating, kind of creepy and a unique take on a mythological creature. Uh, So yeah, this is Butterfly Kisses from 2018. Highly recommend. And I am going to pull up my list. I'm going to name off a few. I won't talk about them, but I'm going to just name off a few that I also recommend that are on Tubi. Let me get my list here. I also recommend uh, Cronewood, Hmm. Hollow, and Savage Land. Savage Land, uh, that one I, apparently is our good friend Dave Z's, one of his all-time favorite found footage films. And you know Dave Z, he watches everything found footage. Well, and Dave Z actually like has taste. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. you and I watch everything. <laughs> but if, I, if I'm going to recommend anything, I would definitely recommend Butterfly Kisses and Savage Lands. Those two are just absolutely incredible and unique. And Hollow is a fun one. But I've I've watched a bunch now and I'm like I'm finding there's more and more found footage that I'm enjoying. Like found footage is starting to become one of my favorite subgenres now. I like found footage films a lot. I think they're really cool. I uh I find them easy to watch too. Yeah. Like I find them easy to sit through and easy to um digest. Like I do enjoy the you know Umas of the world and the let's see what else has been really heavy that came out this year cursed um oh yeah but you can't walk away from movie curse like if you walk out of the theater during curse and you come back you're like you could miss an important plot development like to be honest found footage you can miss like you don't want to leave either but it's easier to watch and and you can sometimes just hear what's going on right and it provides you know the creepiness factor of it so i'll definitely check those out scott thanks for your suggestions um those are all on tubi so like yep free easy to watch and we all like free and and we all like easy yeah on on friday nightmares that's what we dig the model for us what i'm my what's new i'll go first because my shit is not nearly as exciting as scott's um I watched a Netflix series that I've seen on Netflix for years and it's called Don't Fuck With Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never watched it because I was like, oh, it looks dumb. I had no idea it was about the famous Canadian killer, Luke uh, Minata. Min- um, mm-hmm. And I know who he is. <laughs> I know very well who he is. Um, he is a very well-known murderer uh, that lived in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, um, and then murdered... I, um, an exchange student out in Montreal from McGill University in cold blood dismembered him and shipped off body parts to not only the prime minister, um, but the leader of the, um, liberal party who is now our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, um, as well. Yeah. This guy was a real piece of shit. So anyway, prior to him committing that vicious murder, uh, he had posted videos of him torturing cats and killing them. And a group of internet sleuths stalked him down and found out who he was and actually alerted the Toronto police and were involved with the Montreal police in helping bring him to justice. Oh, wow. And it's about a four series, a four episode um, limited series. I did watch it in one day. It's easy to watch. It's about four hours long. And it's very, very fascinating. Um, I knew who he was. I knew what he had done. Um, you know, 
and automatically the moment someone you know and of course like his his mom's in it and it's very canadian like we're talking it's all over southern ontario it's getting to the real specifics about sub communities of southern ontario like I will give these handful of Americans a lot of credit because they helped bring down this piece of shit. So that's awesome. Props to them for doing that and putting and knowing enough about Canada to figure out that he was in Canada and knowing enough to figure out shit about Etobicoke, Toronto, Montreal, and having the guts to reach out to the police and do something and keep records. And, and these were used in the trial, um, the information wow. that was kept by these people. So, you know, it's a really, really good series. If for some reason you've skipped over it, I recommend watching it. Um, of course it's horror adjacent because it talks about a real life killer. Um, and I think it's important um, to see what can be done in the world of online chat groups and the world of Facebook groups. This was a Facebook group that made a difference. And this was a Facebook group that helped bring somebody to justice. It is so unfortunate that he hurt, um, I think it's Jin Lee. And it's a tragedy that he was murdered. But thank God he wasn't able to murder anybody else. Right. Because he would have done it again. Like there was no doubt that he would have done it again. Um, He escalated from murdering animals to murdering a person. And it's it's a very fascinating documentary. It's a very hard hitting documentary, but I, I do recommend it and it's available on Netflix. So that is my boring thing that I did. Scotty now is going to bring in the cool shit he did because it's way more interesting than me um, watching a Netflix documentary. Well, I want to mention like, don't fuck with cats. Uh, this is one that I've avoided because people know my love for cats and they're going, dude, this is rough for if you are like, is. a cat lover, you it are, is. this is a rough one. Like we don't know if you should watch it or not, but I, I am intrigued, so I may try to watch it at some point because this stuff. Here's my advice to you. Do what I did. Look away. If you're watching it with headphones, take out the headphones when the cats are being tortured. Okay. That's what I did. And I knew it happened and they don't show tons of it. They just show the lead up to it. Um, I just preferred not to know. Right. Um, But you can skip over those pieces and still enjoy the documentary. Okay, cool. Well, enjoy is a loose word, right? Right. But at least uh, sit through it. Yes, yes, that is probably a better statement. All right, so yeah, I will definitely have to like check that out because I I did not realize like exactly what it was about. All I knew was like the torture of cats was involved. I'm going okay, I'm good. But yeah, uh, yeah. but I knew there had to be more to it. Obviously, Netflix Netflix isn't just going to put out like animal torture videos. So I knew there had to be more. But um, yeah, I'll check that out. Uh, but yeah, so what I brought to what's new today is definitely something a little more unique that we have not talked about in a while, and that is astronomicon five i went to the fifth year of astronomicon which is a horror wrestling pop culture convention heather and i went to this back in 2020 uh february 2020 back in the day (laughs) yes back then it was in novi in michigan at i think it was the sheridan hotel or something like that but it was uh they were only on their third year and this place was packed like we were packed in like sardines at that time And we were talking about, like, they really need to get a bigger venue because this is way too many people in such a small area, like, trying to funnel through. Like, we could barely even walk. It was insane. So, eventually, like, I guess I think it was last year they found a new venue because, yeah, I think they did not expect their convention to get as big as it did. They found a place out in Livonia, Michigan at the Burton Manor. And so, yeah, I went this year with Mandy. We uh, 
Uh, we got our tickets in advance, got some uh, photo op tickets in advance. Uh, we I met up with her around 930, left around, I'd say about 10 o'clock. It's supposed to only take an hour, but because uh, of freaking GPS uh, getting confused yes. due to construction. GPS got confused. Well, yes. I will say it is the GPS's fault because they showed me where I was going. It never told me to turn off the expressway. So I kept driving. Like it just never said anything like, and you could hear it say, uh, you know, make that weird sound when it's trying to reroute. And so I'm like, what the fuck's going on? So I looked down and yeah, it's, I'm driving right past every exit on the expressway. Cause it's like in the one lane construction zone and GPS is not saying a damn thing. So I'm going, fuck, all right, I'm going to try this exit and see what happens. Take the exit and goes, and it starts working again. Going, oh, okay. Turn left here. Turn left here. Next thing you know, I'm a half hour past the damn convention. So we had to backtrack and come all the way back down these really shitty roads that were just like, cause it's Michigan roads and no one fucking take care of them. Um, finally get there i think we got there at about 12 15 get in line go smoothly because obviously we bought our tickets in advance but uh yeah walked in this place was massive like nice. so much fucking space and the crowd was there was an insane amount of people there like they are just getting bigger and bigger each year so many awesome cosplay uh outfits uh due to it being wrestling horror and pop culture uh it's kind of a weird combination but the reason is is because the band twisted hosts it and twisted is all about wrestling and horror and mm. have made friends in like a lot of the pop pop culture areas so like they have a lot of pull and get a lot of cool people uh the celebrity guest lineup this year was really freaking awesome mandy got super excited because uh kevin nash x-pac the steiner brothers uh papa shango uh the godfather all of them were there uh Rock. Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon, was supposed to be there, but ended up having to cancel due to hip surgery. And then we all know what happened there. He ended up passing away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was all those wrestlers. And then Danhausen from uh, AEW was there. And of course, I fucking geeked out when I heard that. Uh, but then for the other celebrities, the big pull was Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Stone Sour, etc. And like the In Search of Darkness documentary, he gets, and he's he's been in a couple of horror movies now too. That was their big pull, and it was a wise move because holy shit, did that bring the fucking crowd in. Um, but they had Nick Castle from Halloween playing the original Michael Myers. They had uh, Danielle Harris. They had Scout Taylor Compton. They had Tyler Maine. They had uh, Peter Dante from the Adam Sandler movies. Um, Peter Stahansky from the Super Trooper film. Uh, Bill Mosley. Um, and of course, my bucket list uh, celebrity that I had to freaking meet, Zach Galligan from Gremlins. Uh, so yeah, when we got in, first thing we did is we just kind of did our first quick round because we had a photo op with Kevin Nash at 145 and it was 1245. So we're like, all right, we probably won't be able to get through the whole convention before we have to go get our photo op. So let's just kind of do a quick walkthrough. Realized Kevin Nash's line was starting to get long to meet him in person and get a selfie and everything. So we're like, fuck, let's jump in right now because I have a feeling this line's going to get longer. So we're just chilling there, Mandy and I just hanging out. And I look over, there's fucking Zach Galligan, not even like 10 feet away from me at his table. One person in line, I'm going, I look over my name going, I'll be right back. I fucking jumped out of line, ran right over to him and did exactly what I had a bad feeling I would do and go, I like you and gremlins. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Grem like, I was like, gremlins is one of my all time favorite movies. And I've like, this has been my goal to meet you. And Zach Galligan looks at me and goes, dude, you need to have better goals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but 
but yeah, that Galadin's my all of a sudden it just became my hero. <laughs> um, did you tell him you liked him in Bad Candy and Waxwork as well? No, I, I like I said, oh, I fanned, Scott, like my brain went dumb. I, I fanned out and then just went, don't know what to say now. Like I had all these things I was going to talk oh, about to man. him and then just all gone. Um, but like, I got a selfie with him, got an eight by 10 signed by him. And I had a photo op that I bought with him that I'll be doing that I was going to do later in the day. I, you can see in my picture, like I am just ecstatic. Like it's hard to tell. Cause I, when I smile, I don't show my teeth or anything like that. So it's hard to tell, but you can tell by my eyes. I am like, just happy as hell. Like this, holy shit, this is happening. And yep. Super nice guy. It's a shame though, because every time we walked by his table, there was like maybe four people in line form, three people here and there. Like there was just not many people there to see him, which of course I'm going to chalk up to. He's not been in a lot of films, uh, like at least a lot of big, well known films besides Gremlins. Well, and, waxwork, waxwork. But I wouldn't say it's a big, well known one though. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Like, because Gremlins I guess is for known, horror. Yeah, horror, horror fans, fans will know it. Yeah. Yeah. But like the mainstream, like wrestler fans and stuff like that, they probably don't know him from that. They know him from Gremlins and, you know, our generate like he's that that movie was 84 and then 90. And yeah. Yeah. Like, so not many people may have seen it or really cared. So it's just kind of sad to see that. But then, yeah, we get back in line. I get back in line with Mandy and she's just about to go up to see Kevin Nash. Holy goddamn hell. That dude is a fucking giant, uh, almost seven feet tall. And his head was like twice the size of Mandy's. It was crazy. Like, I'm just looking at him going, did she say, Hey, diesel. Uh, I can't remember exactly what she said. She was trying to talk to him, but he was very quiet. Like he wasn't rude, but he was like very quiet and just kind of getting through everything. Cause like he had a line. So he's probably just trying to get the selfie, yeah. get the eight by 10, try to get the line moving. Um, but then after that, like she was like so happy to meet him though. Like, uh, but then after that, walked down the li- aisle a bit, ran into Dan Howes, his table and holy shit, probably the nicest guy I have, nicest celebrity I have ever met. Funny as hell, super friendly, like just, just very talkative and like was happy to like just like Zach Galligan just happy to talk to you about everything and like just super friendly and showed that he actually appreciated like people coming and seeing him and of course got a picture of him and I cursing the camera and I loved it that was great <laughs> but yeah he's super awesome dude I also got an 8 by 10 for my good buddy Adam Thomas because he couldn't make it and he really loves Dan Housen. but yeah if anybody ever gets a chance to meet Dan Housen, fucking excellent guy just super down to earth and funny and friendly. Like he was even doing a, like when I was in line, there was someone in front of me that was actually like holding up a cell phone and doing a video. And he was in full character in the video, like getting right in the camera's face and just like doing it as a favor. Just thought it was just for the person because the person asked. And like, so it was just full in character. It was really cool to see. Uh, Yeah. Then we went and got our photo op with Kevin Nash and, uh, yeah, that's when I realized how much of a giant he was because I'm sitting there, I'm standing next to him and I just look up and like, hi, holy shit, you're huge. <laughs> like I had to like crane my neck all the way back to even look at him. But uh, yeah, like, but then uh, what do we end up doing? Oh, we ended up taking a break because we bought a bunch of stuff and wanted to take it out to the car and just kind of relax for a bit. Came yeah. back in and we went over to Xbox's table and she got to meet Xbox and he was much more interactive because obviously his line was not as big as Kevin Nash's, but he was a lot more like talkative and interactive and was doing different poses with Mandy doing the. the yeah, he's thing. always been a more outgoing. Like, I think if anyone, if you watch wrestling over the years, Razor Ramon was and X-Pac were always always the more outgoing and it's funny because they were in degeneration x as well yeah. right so it's interesting that she wore an nwo shirt because yeah. they would have got people from uh you know degeneration x his time is diesel x time is just being x and chain and teaming with kane 
which was actually one of my favorite tag teams that ever happened was oh, when nice. Xbox was with Kane. Um, like those wrestlers have had a long, long history um, right. and a lot of different characters. So it's cool that, and it's a shame, you know, rest in peace, Scott Hall, um, that he couldn't have been there for the trio because I'm sure people would love to get the trio, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they did a really cool thing. I because I'm in a check or a Facebook group uh, for Astronomicon, and fans were posting all their stuff there. Uh, apparently, they were doing a duo photo op with X Pac and uh, Kevin Nash, and they were doing it with a giant memorial of Scott Scott Hall right next to him. And so that, nice. I thought that was nice, like a way to get a cool photo op, like yeah, kind of a ring with Scott Hall. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, super friendly guy, and just yeah, like you could tell Mandy was just ecstatic. Like you could see it in her eyes, their smile and everything. Um, I unfortunately did like, I knew Kevin Nash didn't know nothing about X-Pac because that was around the time of wrestling where I had no way of watching it. So I missed like a generation of wrestling, like with the degeneration X and all that stuff. So I didn't really know him. Like, so I'm hoping I can go back and watch some stuff because he was a really cool dude. Like I, he was a really good high, like he was doing a lot of the acrobatic stuff that we see, um ricochet doing wwe okay that we've seen the hardys do um particularly jeff hardy um and the most recent one uh dante fucking aw dante that kid's going places he is nice. fucking incredible um xbox is doing a lot of that stuff because he was a small dude um small in stature small in weight yeah like it would have been a very interesting i would have wanted to talk to him about his early career i probably would have stayed away from nwo because i don't think he did that much in nwo i would want to talk to him when he came in and when he tagged with kane honestly is probably what my favorite times of him was um but I'm no offense. I'm a really hardcore wrestling fan and right. I've been dedicated for years watching it. Right. Yeah, Unless same... you were really, really into it. You would have seen it. Yeah. Then we ended up, uh, yeah, I think that was pretty much all the celebrity stuff. And then, yeah, we went and bought a bunch of really cool stuff. I posted a bunch of pictures on my page. I'll share to our podcast when I release. Yeah. You got some really good shit too. You got picked up some great finds. Yeah. Like, uh, one of the cool things I'm, I'm wearing right now, and that is this uh, really awesome Evil Dead shirt that Mandy got for yeah, me. Yeah, it's nice. Really good artwork. Yeah, like uh, what sold me on it, though, I can't do it because like it's hard to turn around. But in the back on the back of it, there's even stuff. And it is uh, in like that ghostly writing that the Evil Dead movie has. And it just says, join us join nice us, join us that has nice. The... it's like us with the journey friday nightmares that's exactly. exactly how we are right nice yeah so it's a really awesome shirt uh but yeah ton of gremlins memorabilia that i bought finally got a nice. vinyl poster of gremlins one and gremlins two so now i actually have real posters of both the movies which awesome. makes me happy and yeah like uh then we did the photo op with zach galligan at 6 45 so this is a long freaking day like we had to yeah you guys invested close. yeah yeah but this is where scott went to heaven and it was a photo op with zach galligan where i'm sitting here going like originally i'm going eh, i'm not gonna invest in a photo op it's just you know us standing around blah 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 whatever i'll just get a selfie then they announced that no for zach galligan they were recreating the theater scene from gremlins one with like you sit next to him in theater seats and there being gremlins all around you and having a backdrop of the movie theater with all the gremlins. I'm going, fuck, that is awesome. Okay, that is pretty I cool. got to do it. And yeah, that was such an awesome picture because yeah, they have this big screen backdrop with all the gremlins in the theater and then they have four regular seats and you sit next to Zach Galligan. He has Gizmo in his lap and there's other like the replicas of the gremlins next to each of us. So Mandy held one and I held one and then there was another one on each side of us. And yeah, the photo looks freaking awesome. I can't wait to frame that and hang that up somewhere because that, holy shit, that was an amazing uh, experience and I'm glad I bought the photo op for that one because that was incredible. 
incredible. And yeah, this convention in general was just awesome. So much fun. And well, I will also share this picture because, uh, you know, Smoke Show Crawford, he's become so popular that he has now become a Funko Pop finally. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And <laughs> even then, you'll still be like, you'll have a Funko Pop. You'll have the memes. You have the nickname. I get told by one person I'm their favorite podcaster and Scott loses his diva mind because no one said that to him. He gets everything else. But because one person says that I'm their favorite podcaster, he's devastated. <laughs> I mean, and to be fair, it's not really a Funko Pop that I got that guy got turned into, but it is a giant Funko Pop box. Oh no, we're gonna sell them on Friday Nightmare Stage. <laughs> Scott's already put in his first order for fifteen just for himself to yes. put around his house. Because who's a Scott Crawford? Who's a Scott Crawford? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, how's the name Scott Crawford has become associated with a raging heart on? It's probably the funniest thing about this I podcast. Know, I love it. <laughs> um, what we will have to walk away from is like, not like my name's associated with wet pussies. Like your name is associated with a raging heart on. And I just think that's amazing. I'm oh, so glad incredible. you guys had a good time. Sounds like it was a great event. Well attended. Lots of people. What we want to see. Um, and, you know, good news moving forward for the horror genre and for wrestling and everyone coming together and getting to enjoy stuff like this again. I think that's really nice. Yeah. And yeah, very awesome people that run the place. Uh, Twisted was very interactive with all their fans and like even did like a live show afterwards after it was all said and done. And then I found out not only did they host a concert after the convention, like in the same place, uh, but they also had a, if you were a Saturday pass holder or a VIP weekend pass holder, you could go into a theater room in this manner and watch Amityville Horror 2, The Possession, with Twisted. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was that's like, that's cool. awesome. Like, so yeah, they that's are cool. they are all about their fans and they love their fans. And like- Just like I, us and Friday Nightmares, we're all oh, about yeah, our all, fans. Too. All about our fans. <laughs> we also love them. And we would also go into a movie theater. I don't know if you guys want to be with us, but we could be in there with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we would watch. Probably- I'd be, I'd be naked. Probably. Yeah, naked, actually, running up that... and down the aisles. Whee! And I'd be drunk. with my cell phone after drinking too many double vodkas actually i'd be naked in the back corner going who's a scott crawford who's got a scott crawford (laughs) so awesome time scotty we look forward to seeing your pictures of the convention um and you sharing all your your goods that you got i'm glad you guys had such a great time um it was a blast we'll take a brief break and then we're going to come back to talk about four british horror films um that we watch two are first time watches for us i believe yes and then two are watches we've seen before uh we are keeping this section shorter moving forward and we may eventually uh, rechange the format of our show once we get through the international stuff um but for now we will keep it and we will do our four british films and then we're going to talk a little bit about werewolves and uh what we think of the werewolf genre and and what we like and what we don't like so after these messages we'll be right back Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room where they examine books and short stories. 
so just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. And welcome back. Uh, today we are going to be finishing off our UK uh, horror little adventure here with talking about a couple of British horror films. Um, two are very popular. And I would say the other two, I don't, I wouldn't say they're unpopular. I just don't know if people are as familiar with them as the first, as the two popular ones. I don't know. Maybe people will correct us in in the comments, Uh, but let's dive into the first one. All right. So the first film we are going to talk about is The Night of the Demon, released November 9th. 1957. American professor John Holden arrives in London for a conference on parapsychology, only to discover that the colleague he was supposed to meet was killed in a freak accident the day before. It turns out that the deceased had been investigating a cult led by Dr. Julian Carswell, though a skeptic, Holden is suspicious of the devil worshiping Carswell. Following a trail of mysterious manuscripts, Holden enters a world that makes him question his faith in science. So, yeah. Wow, this was for, especially for its time, this was a very uh, intriguing film that dived into like the cult stuff. And I think this is like the oldest cult film that I have seen so far. Like, I don't know if there's any before yeah. this or not, but. Oh, I'm sure there is. We just haven't been exposed to them. But I think yeah. that this one here, I really enjoyed the interaction between the main character, John and Julian. And I did also really like, and it's a shame because I feel like there was a lot of sexism in this movie with um, yeah. the young lady that's in it. I'm trying to see if I can look up her name, Joanna, um, whose uncle was the colleague that was killed. And she's come to basically investigate her uncle's death. And she feels that it was mysterious. And I really, she kind of is the one that puts everything together, to be honest with you. She's the one that does all the footwork. And then John's like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. There does seem to be a connection here. But yeah, I am the hero of this movie. We'll have you as a side character. Right. Even though she did literally, it sounds like most male female heterosexual relationships so um you know i just thought it was really really interesting how that was that was portrayed um and but i i did my favorite part of this film that really stands out to me because it's very dialogue heavy heavy and that's the thing with films from the 50s they're very dialogue heavy there's a lot of you know i find this back and forth clever conversation happens in a lot of british films um, I saw in Hound to the Basketball and I see it here. It's like back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. You know, a lot of the dialogue is building the plot line where in some other movies, it's the sceneries, the places that they're going, that's moving the plot line along in 50 films is the conversation yeah. that's moving the plot line around along. But the scene that really stands out to me in this film is where they're doing the seance and John thinks it's complete fucking horse shit. <laughs> and he's like, like I love his attitude throughout it and Joanna's kind of buying into it because the person that's doing the seance is becoming possessed by her uncle and John's like get the fucking get this garbage fucking out of here I did enjoy that scene I thought it was really clever and well done 
And I did enjoy the climax of this film. I did think that it was very clever, the confrontation between Dr. Julian and Doc and the American professor John on the train. Yeah. Um, I did think that dialogue was really, really clever. And then what happens to Julian is, uh, you know, very much he gets his canuppins, I guess you could say. Um, and a very yeah, uh, cool little uh, final scene, too. I like that scene. Yeah, the special effects was actually pretty good. But this is very much a dialogue heavy film. Yeah, it is. It is talk, 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 thing happened. Talk, 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 thing happened. Talk, 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 try to hit on chick. Talk, 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 seance. Talk, 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 train. Like to me, those were the scenes that stood out in my head. Everything else was just conversation. Yeah, but I feel the same way. Like uh, going into this, I had seen images of like the demon from the title. Um, oh, have you? Yeah, like I, I've seen it. Like whether it was reading reading a horror article or something, but I've seen images of this thing before, and it has a very uh, Japanese style look to it. Like uh, mm. what do you call those? A uh, an onibaba, I believe, uh, is what onibaba. they're so it has kind of like that uh, samurai mask look to intimidate their opponents. That's what this demon reminded me a lot of. And I have to say, I love the look of this thing. For 57, the effects are awesome. I love the smoke effects that come before yes. he shows up, where you just see like the smoke just kind of entering the room and then just kind of forming this giant circle. And then the demon I kind would of agree. appears out of that. I love how they pulled that off. I'm very curious to see how they did it. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't expect, I expect there to be more of this demon, but you literally only get it for like a couple, like a maybe 30 seconds in the beginning and about 15 seconds at the end. Uh, there's, I agree with you. Like I wanted to see a little more of it, but obviously budget wise, I can understand being in the fifties. Um, but yeah, this was a lot, very dialogue heavy, but I found it to be also just very uh, fascinating and unique for something from this time that I've not seen at least. And yeah, like I, I'm glad we ended up choosing this one because it was very uh, entertaining to watch. I'm glad we finally watched it because I've been curious about this one for a long time. I know a lot of people seem to love it. Like on Letterboxd, it's gotten four and a half stars out of five through almost all the people I follow. So I was like, okay, this has got to be pretty good. And yeah, it takes a look into the occult, uh, what is going on there, like the Joanna's going, like actually like going through Carswell's books and like trying to discover like stuff about the occult and trying to figure everything out and like you said kind of passes off the information over to uh john and he just kind of takes it and goes with it so yeah she's basically just like heather in the podcast she does all the footwork and <laughs> i'll take all the credit <laughs> no I, I definitely wouldn't say that's the case here but no. i really felt like this was like such a fucking like she really is the one like and she's and she's basically a Nancy Drew. Yeah. Like she was playing the Nancy Drew role. Um, I do enjoy how they kind of presented the concept of the devil worshiping and the cult and the purpose behind it. I did think it was presented well. I where I where I will say British movies differ from North American films is I do think the plot lines are deeper and less over the top, like sensational. Yes. Like we didn't have an unnecessary sexual, like the young lady was very pretty that was in this film, but she wasn't overly sexualized in this movie right. at all. Um, she was more seen as intelligent and beautiful, which I really did appreciate for 1957. And I do think if this was an American film, it would almost be, I don't want to say dumbed down, but I don't think the dialogue would have been as heavy and as complex. 
I feel like with a British film, it's a little bit more complicated and a little bit more deeper in storytelling wise. Yeah, I think uh, American film would have relied more on effects and more of the demon where this didn't need it. Like it just relied on the conversations and the investigations into it. Yes. And, and, you know, and that's fine. Like I, I did. Yeah. I, I think this movie for a 1957 cult film is interesting if you're a cult film completist i think you should watch this film yep agree um if you're not i i don't know if this is a 1957 movie that you really need to jump onto but i think if you like cult films this is and you want to see you know the original like some of the original films and the way that britain presents it i think it's definitely worth your time yeah i completely agree like this is a very uh, fascinating film that yeah like doesn't get a lot of attention but yeah. Speaking of films that definitely get a lot of attention. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. So we are talking about an American werewolf in London. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. You know, <laughs> just a low, low, low budget. Well, not well-known film at all. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, released August 21st, 1981. David and Jack, two American college students who are backpacking through Britain when a large wolf attacks them. David survives with a bite, but Jack is brutally killed. As David heals in the hospital, He's plagued by violent nightmares of his mutilated friend who warns David that he is becoming a werewolf. When David discovers the horrible truth, he contemplates committing suicide before the next full moon causes him to transform from man to murderous beast. This is obviously like we can, this one's been talked about a million times. Everyone has seen this film and, but you know, there is a reason why that is because this film is very well done with its characters, with its special effects, a different take on werewolves. Um, and it has this uh, one thing I have to bring up is I love the soundtrack and how every song relates to yes. the moon. Yes. And it's done so well. Like this is like, the, and like, yeah, you feel for David and like everything he is going through. Cause he is such a just nice guy and just like, mm-hmm. and he's stuck in another country healing from his wounds. Doesn't know anybody. His best friend has been killed. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden starts dealing with these nightmares with his uh, best friend who once again, practical effects in this fucking incredible. His uh, best friend is looking more and more decayed as time goes on. And like the effects there are just amazing. And obviously we have to talk about it, but like the werewolf transformation still to this day, one of the best werewolf transformations. And this came out in 1981 and they, I think this was all done by Rick Baker and he makes sure you see every bit of the transformation from the elongating of the hands to the hair coming out of David's skin to like his chest kind of caving in a bit and to his face contorting and the snout slowly Mm -hmm. growing out. It's Mm-hmm. incredible and it looks so painful when he's transforming i agree and, and you know not even the like you know effects at all this has very good dialogue and very funny dialogue as well i like, agree with you yeah it, it does that balance of horror and comedy perfectly like the you know this movie scott now that we've watched so many uk films can you not tell that this was made by an american director american writer but put in britain yes like <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like it is not dialogue heavy. It's no. not. The dialogue is very, I don't want to say basic, but it's meant just to move the plot around. Like you got the two American kids joking as they walk to the tavern, the very stereotypical British people in the tavern, in the mm-hmm. British small town that it is, so the countryside. And London, you get a little bit of the culture, like where you get the biggest British culture thing is when 
David acts like a complete asshole outside of Buckingham the Hellas. And he's trying to get arrested by that constable being like your typical. And I feel like John Landis included him there to be that typical asshole American tourist. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was trying to be like, fuck the queen, fuck Winston Churchill, fuck Diana, you know, the, the family's incest. Like it was the shit he was yelling. The constable's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you behaving like this, you fucker? And I think that whole interaction there was written by an American making fun of Americans. Yes. Like 110% this movie, as much as we put it as a British horror film, it's really not. No. Um, It's an American movie filmed in Britain. And I've learned that now. And I think, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I'm not criticizing the film. Everything you said is true. It's well acted. It's well written. The music, the effects. It's incredible, but I'm not going to go down that, that road for this right now and talk about it because A, I think you did a great job of doing it and B, it's been done a million times before. Right. But what I think really stands out to me is the difference between an actual British film and a film being made in Britain by foreigners. Yes. And that is the difference. Um, and that really stands out in this, in this film now for me. Yeah. I was like, cause yeah, it makes a, it's a very valid point. Cause yeah, like, uh, like even the dialogue is all very American. Like, like even though there's not a lot of it, it's very American based. Very and, much so. But yeah, like this is a uh, movie that goes from that wants you to get from A to B to C to D to get to the very end of the movie. It's like there's certain things that happen. Move it forward. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of dialogue. There's just incidents and things that happen. Right. right. And yeah, like it's uh. But yeah, you know, well done movie. We don't have to focus on this much because yeah, but like we just wanted to bring this one up because obviously great movie, always fun to watch. And, you know, is one of my all-time favorite movies. Well, I think, honestly, Scott, you did a great job of talking about the incredible effects of this film and the music and how it plays in. And I do think they did, what I think this movie does well is it does a great job of showcasing England. I think compared to the other films that we brought to the table here, but I think that also has to do with a foreigner coming to England and being like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Right. Like when they're walking over that countryside, I will be out in that area. Now I am not going to be in that kind of, you know, environment where I think it's going to be like, I'm going over dirt roads and stuff. I may be in Ireland because I am taking a trip to um, a sheep farm and a castle. So I could be in that kind of area in Ireland when I'm there. Right. But I, I think it highlighted the small, um, the small pub very, very well. I think it highlighted London from the eighties very, very well. Uh, and I, I think to me, that's what this film did. And that's the benefit of a foreigner being there because when you live in a place, it's all the same to you. Like when I took you to Niagara Falls, you were of course impressed by it. It was your first time seeing it. Yeah. It was my 18th, 20 billion time going to fucking Niagara Falls. Right. And, you know, by this point it's kind of worn off the, the excitement, you know, there's no real excitement. I'm like, yep, there's the falls. There it is. It's great. Love it. Woohoo. Look at it go. But I don't really give a fuck. I am sure when I'm going to be walking around England with Mark, who's going to be taking me like, you know, to the local pubs and we're going to go out to the countryside and see the water. I'm going to be like, Oh my God, (laughs) it's so beautiful. And for him who sees it like every day, he's going to be like, yeah, it's really nice. You're right. And I'm like, Oh my God, oh my God. Right. (laughs) But it's like, 
anytime you go somewhere that is not your home, you are able to amplify it. And I think yeah. that's what this film did for Britain. You know, I think that having John Landis go there, who's not British, really did a great job of showcasing, showcasing the British um, atmosphere, which I will do. I'll be just as equally annoying as Scott and taking <laughs> tons of fucking photos. I hope so. Cause yeah, like, but yeah, that, you, you nailed it. Cause yeah, it's like basically like we're on tour with these guys during this film. Right. Right. It's, it is, it's like a little tourist of uh, Britain minus the werewolf and yeah. So, but. Yeah. One that is uh, not really focused on Britain and its countryside. We will jump into the next movie and that is ghost watch from that came out October 31st, 1992. Ghost Watch is a British reality horror pseudo-documentary television film, first broadcast on BBC One on Halloween night, 1992. Uh, so this is definitely one of those like mockumentary-style found footage-type films where this news crew shows up to this house where women or this family say that it is haunted. They are being haunted by this ghost or something that is happening in this house. Strange phenomena is happening. And of course, like the BBC News is just like, oh, you know, we'll go there and debunk it type stuff. We'll send our yeah. news reporter in. Yeah. We'll have interviews with like paranormal people that investigate this type of stuff and get their opinion. Like it literally played out like a, a BBC style, like documentary totally. television show. And I found this quite fascinating. Like Now, if I would have watched this years ago before I was really into like the found footage genre or like the documentary style type of genre, I probably would not have dug this because it's very slow and does feel like you're just watching some like just news channels, like special event type deal. And I probably would not have been into this. What what this reminded me a lot of was uh, uh, W, what was it called? Mm-hmm. Uh, WNF. Yeah, WNF. Halloween special. Yes, it reminded me a lot of that. Who I think this movie totally, by the way, WNF was made in 2013. So they definitely got some inspiration from Ghost Watch 1992. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I found this film to be a lot more fascinating than I probably would have expected to back in the day. Um, You know, like it felt like it was real. Like it felt like you were watching just like something happening on the TV and like, I, I could be wrong. I should have done some research on this, but I believe people actually believe this to be real when it was aired. Yeah. I actually spoke to my friend in Britain about it because mm. now he's older than us. Um, I'll give his age. It's, I don't know, it's public knowledge. He's 56. Um, so I asked him, I said, did you ever hear this? Because like, let's see. So if he's 56 now, born in 1965, how old would he have been in 1992? He would have been, would have been uh, in his 30s, right? Yeah, 27. 27, right? So he would have been old enough. And he's like, yeah, man, this was like, he's like, this was actually a TV show. He's like, this was a TV show. And then this was a movie that was made off the tv show so these guys actually did have a ghost watch tv show and then they did this documentary film which is why they thought it was real or not and then he told me that um you know the reporter her husband they were actually really married oh wow okay yeah and he passed away tragically very young i think shortly after this was made Oh, and wow. it really affected the show moving forward. Um, but yeah, so anyway, which was, you know, yet again, that's the benefit of knowing someone from the country, right? <laughs> Is you can actually ask them. Right. And yeah, this was a big deal when it came out. People thought it was actually realistic. And I think WNF did the same thing with their documentary. Like, it's clever. I found this a very easy watch. I'll be honest, it was very easy. And not a lot happens, to be honest with you. Not a lot happens, but it keeps you engaged. 
Yeah. Because you're waiting for something to happen. They do a good job of giving you the impression that something could happen any minute. Yeah. Yeah. And they even like uh, play the whole like, oh, the kids were behind this the whole time for a bit there. Like they have a little couple of curveballs that kind of like change things up. But yeah, like I found this to be very easy to watch, very intriguing. And yeah, like you said, you are waiting for something to happen. And by the third act, something does happen, obviously, but like it's a Mm -hmm. slow build up to it. But like you're fascinated and you're glued to the screen going, okay, something's going to happen in one of these scenes real soon. I can feel it. And they just keep building it up and building it up and building it up to that third act. And man, I really dug the hell out of this film. Oh man, it was great. I, I, what really got me was how they're kind of very spect- like they're they're not really believing it at first but the female reporter goes in and you know you're kind of getting these layers out of what happened in the in the basement how the mom gets locked in and how people don't believe them and then you get the fake out like with the young lady who's faking it we think that she's the one that's kind of doing everything and then you have the you know the paranormal psychiatrist who's like no no this is legit and then the guy who's like this isn't true at all as being um kind of I guess you could say well they're televising him in from the United States and I don't know I just think this did a really good job of building doubt but what if doubt right but what if and it keeps it going back and forth. And yet again, not a lot happens. And this is yet, you know, I always go back in the last episode, I must have shit on the turning more than necessary, but I don't fucking care. That was a shitty fucking movie. And it was poorly done. And my biggest beef with ghost stories, because this is a ghost story and a paranormal investigator is going to a haunted house, is it's dumb and cheesy and predictable. I did not know until we got to the last 20 minutes. I'm like, is nothing going to fucking happen here? Right. Like, are we just going to build this shit up and it's nothing, which is, which is fine. And then it escalates into where you learn about who lived there in the past was a very bad person. Yeah. And it, it kind of went down paranormal, paranormal activity vibes here. If you go to the future, um, I think it's two or three where you find out the gentleman that's the ghost has done some very bad things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, but I think that's part three. Was it part three? Yeah, I think this so. This movie, I honestly think a lot of these paranormal films watched this movie and was like, oh, fuck, we'll just steal shit from them. Right. Honestly, because there's a lot of plot shit that happens in this film where you're like, well, I've seen this recently. Right. <laughs> like in the same context. Yeah. Two little girls mm-hmm. being groomed by a sexual predator. Yep. Paranormal Activity 3 say what? Yeah. This came out in 1992. Yeah. Not, so, no, not, no, not no, uh, what do you call that? Uh, nope. Slip my brain. I'm dumb today. Uh, Coincident? Yes. Not, definitely not, not a coincidence at all. Right. And totally taken from it. I think it was. It is too much. There's scenes that absolutely happen with the two little girls sleeping in the same bedroom. Yep. The filming of when they're sleeping, the figure that appears. Yep. Very shadowy. Like, honestly, I almost wanted to put Paranormal Activity 3 and this film up at the same time and watch it to see if it was any different. Yeah. You know, and I and I'm not shitting on Paranormal Activity Three. Just to be clear here, I'm not shitting on that. I get it. You got to reuse activities. You got to be inspired from somewhere. I can't say that if I didn't make a horror film, I wouldn't be inspired from shit that I've seen. Nothing right. is absolutely <clears throat> wrong with that at all. I'm just trying to say that this movie did it first. That's all, right? Is and I and I want to give it credit for that. I want to acknowledge that this probably not super well-known British film that was presented as a television film back in 1992, broadcast on Halloween night, did it first. And they did a lot of other stuff first. And I think they should be acknowledged for that. 
Um, what did you think of like the ending in the studio? Because basically what happens is like everywhere demons are coming out, dogs are barking everywhere, chaos is happening everywhere. What did you think of that ending? I loved it. I love that it was like this down dark ending like that. You didn't know what the fuck happened. Just the studio lights go out. Shit starts flying across the room. Everyone escapes except for the uh, main host of the show who is just like, yeah, everyone's gone now. It's just me. Um, and it's like, and then all of a sudden it's like, I think you hear screaming and it just goes black. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love that ending. Like, it's just like a holy shit. I can see why people it's- freaked out when they thought this was real. Well, especially because it's being presented like an actual documentary that's occurring. And it definitely yeah. has a very British feel to it. Even when she's having disagreements with stuff and and, and the paranormal doctor um, or the psychologist, it's so fascinating. And the way that they build the characters and the way that they build the relationships of this film, like this is a paranormal found footage. I don't know, not, or sorry, mockumentary film that needs to be watched. Yes. I think if you haven't watched this film, you're really missing out on the history of mockumentaries. Yeah. Like I really do think that this opened the door for a lot of paranormal films, a lot of mock- mockumentary films, and it may not be your favorite mockumentary and that's okay. Um, but it's really, really well done and it's an easy watch. And you can see where a lot of other mockument- mockumentary paranormal films got their, got their inspiration. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. This was really fucking well done. Like this is something yeah. that, yeah, everybody that's, yeah, like you were saying, mockumentary style f- films, check this out. Cause this is really, mm-hmm. really good and creepy and creepy very much so and i think i did think we had to ask our friend to find it for us but um you can rent it i believe and it may be on your prime depending where you are in the world it may be more accessible to you than it is in north america but if you can't access it i totally recommend it yes absolutely this is one this was a nice surprise that i was very happy that we watched for the show absolutely for sure and now we're going to talk about the final film in our uh one and we watched together yes we did and definitely another well-known one uh but this is sean of the dead released april 9th 2004 sean is a 30-something loser with a dull easy existence when he's not working at the electronic store he lives with his slovenly best friend ed in a small flat on the outskirts of london the only unpredictable element in his life is his girlfriend liz who wishes desperately for sean to grow up and be a man when the town is inexplicably overrun with zombies, Sean must rise to the occasion and protect both Liz and his mother from the zombie invasion. Uh, so, yeah, this was one of Edgar. I think this is Edgar Wright's very first feature film. Uh, was it I mean, really his first? Yep. Uh, before this, all he did, or I'm not sure if all he did, but what he worked on was the t- British TV series Spaced. Which starred, oh, cool. Which also starred Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and which uh, is where quite, he started working with them, and yeah, yeah, and also has a couple reoccurring characters in the Shaun of the Dead. We're also in Spaced as well. Um, but yeah, this movie, if I remember everything correctly, he got inspired to him and Sean or Simon Pegg got inspired to do this film. Not only obviously because they're huge fans of George A. Romero's uh, Dead trilogy or Dead Quadrilogy, or whatever you call yeah the of the Dead films. Um, but they also did a small segment in one of the episodes of Spaced where the main character played by Simon Pegg is playing Resident Evil and he passes out because he was stoned and he falls asleep and has a nightmare of Resident Evil being real and the zombies are attacking him. He's going around shooting them and killing them. And you can see that, yeah, this was where Shaun of the Dead kind of the seed of the film kind of came to be and just kind of mm-hmm. expanded upon that. 
And wow, like this is a very British horror comedy, very British style, like the very British style dry humor. Oh man. So brilliantly written. Um, and not only is it funny as hell and just very entertaining and all the characters are likable or despicable, depending on who you are looking at, mm-hmm. they do such an amazing job of also making this a legit horror film that does such a great job of homaging George Romero's dead. Like they, this film does everything right. Like this is a 10 out of 10 comedy horror comedy for me that also hits with the feels and the horror at the same time. Um, You know, it's funny. You said something about like the characters in this. When I first saw this, okay. It came out in 2004. I was 21. I was like, Oh man, why is that roommate such an asshole? Now watching it in like 2022, I'm like, fuck, why is Nick Frost such an asshole? Yeah. (laughs) I now emphasize with the roommate. Yeah. A jobless, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you got a jobless bum that literally sits there and plays oh, video man. games all day long. Yeah. Says that he will sell weed to bring in money. But every time someone calls him to buy weed, he's like, nah, man, I ain't got nothing. It just never fucking sells weed the whole time. And he like, is a complete dick to his uh, Sean's other roommate, like constantly when the oh, dude's man. working his ass off and just wanting to live a regular life. So like adult Scott, I, I feel for that roommate oh don't you though honestly like i was fucking watching this movie and i'm like yeah man you're fucking right roommate that guy's a fucking loser (laughs) right and like you even have every right to yell at sean even though like sean does work oh yeah a good roommate but sean lets this happen so he's also a loser like he's a loser like when you're watching this film at 21 you're like oh sean's not that bad when you're watching this film at fucking 39 i'm like bitch what are you doing with him right cut your fucking cord like this dude's a fucking loser (laughs) like he is the type that Funny. will just like he is on a he is a routine that never changes. Oh man, like and he's just so like and he doesn't do anything for his girlfriend ever, but like he can't even be bothered to make dinner reservations and like he's a piece of shit. Anyway, yeah, and then funny. he also like uh never introduced her to his mom and but like I love Oh yeah. But speaking of routine, I, that's one thing this movie does a great job of showing is that Sean is in this constant loop of a routine because which shows what up. happens in your 30s. Yep. Yep. I was like, because, yeah, he just gets up, shows him go to the bathroom, get ready, shows him walk out the door, start walking through the town, go to this gas station, buy his smokes or whatever he's buying his drinks, comes back out, goes back outside, runs into the exact same people every time on his way home. And then, yeah. you know, it's like, and then he does that routine again later on when the zombie invasion has happened. And he's yeah. just so yeah. just like in that routine that he is not observing that everyone that he ran into originally is now a zombie. So he's just like, yeah, 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 whatever. Just kind of get through his doing the motions over and over again. Like, I love yeah. how they I love how they show that. Like, it's like, yeah, this is a legit routine that he does every day before work and every day after work. Yep, absolutely. It's so well done. Um you know, and I think the difference, you know, and yet again, we're not going to analyze the film as much. Well, I'm not going to, because like it's been analyzed to death, but yeah. the thing that really stood out to me watching this is this is a difference between someone who is British making a film in Britain because he doesn't really fucking highlight anything. No. Unlike American Werewolf in London, which is basically a tourism video for come to Britain. Right. Um, and here's some werewolves. Um, you have this film where it's like, yeah, here's like the rugged working class of Britain. Yeah. The reality is most people have three roommates in a flat um, because it's expensive to live in Britain, as I've been learning from my friends that live there, especially Kate um, and Matt have told me how expensive London is and just the price to be in London. Like it's it's expensive. Um, And also, what was I going to say? 
the kind of like the mundane going to the pub and like that's what they do like that's what they do they go out to the pub and it's and it's a very much like day in day out same kind of same kind of jazz showing the streets showing the like the neighbors and like the commute like even the lawns and the backyards and shit like it's totally a british film made in britain about a zombie a zombie um outbreak occurring yes definitely obviously we know it plays homage to you know george a romano but it's also just like yeah it's like a regular british day yeah. it's like watching coronation street with zombies only better yeah. and you know where you have a film like american werewolf in london which is telling the story but at the same time telling it for an american audience because it's like okay we're going to show you these vast countrysides and stuff like british people are like i don't give a fuck we know what it looks like it's fine it's like if someone showed me a video or a movie that had to do with Canada and it was like, <clears throat> oh, look at the vast Canadian shield. I'm like, yeah, it's fucking rocks and trees and water. I know. I know right. what it looks like. I've been there a billion fucking times before. You know, you wouldn't have the same appreciation for it. And I really appreciate this about this film. Everything you said, I agree with. But I think I love the true British humor, the true British dialogue and the true British daily interactions that they make fun of in this. I think it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. And uh, also, you gotta, I gotta give it a, uh, you know, point this out, but like Edgar Wright, you can see uh, the editing stylings in Shaun of the Dead. You can definitely see in all of his future films too. Like, and then, you know, obviously with uh, Last Night in Soho with the dance scene where he's cutting back and forth between Anna Taylor Joy and uh, the other girl, I forget her name, but like just kind of cutting back and forth while they're doing the exact mm-hmm. dance and like the editing in that beautiful. And like, yeah, he has that editing styling here and it's beautiful and like does things to the beats of music, which he uses in a fuck. I can't remember the movie, but I had a uh, Kevin Spacey in it. Uh, Baby Driver. He does that. Yes. In that. Um. So yeah, like he's very good at what he does, and you can see like this was his first feature film, and like he just kept getting better and better and better as he kept going, and I love it. And yep, this was so uh, such a beloved film that George Romero had Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg uh, play zombie cameos in Land of the Dead. They were in the Land of the Dead bar where they were tied up and you could get pictures with the zombies and they were the two zombies that were tied up for the photos. And so I know that was like a big deal to them when they got called up by George Romero to be like, hey, come do this for uh, in this film because I've seen your film and you have a love for this. Let's do it. So I thought that was also neat. Just like. Yeah, where you're talking about more of the actual movie, the dialogue and all that stuff. I'm talking about more like the making of because like I just find Absolutely. it fascinating. It just, yeah, it's, and this has been one of my favorite films since I've seen it way back in the day. I fucking love it. Shaun of the Dead is like something I can watch a million times over. I can repeat lines from it over and over and over again. Just find it so fascinating. And to make this clear, we were fucking drunk. And when we watched this movie, the three of us, or at least I was, um, I was definitely buzzing. Um, and it's a great movie to watch, Buzz. We we ate pizza and we had snackies, and it's so it's so like there's some sad parts in it, like when her yeah. his mom turns and he has to shoot her and stuff. But like you're right, we're we're talking more about the making and just you know the perception of how it's filmed and put together. And I definitely can say by the end of all this and the UK films that we watched, whether there be films that we've known and love or films that we didn't realize inspired a lot of other films I feel like we've really learned a lot <laughs> like yeah. I know that sounds like really cheesy but I feel like I've learned more about the filming of of stuff from the UK whether it be Scotland Wales Ireland or Britain um, and I look forward to our next countries that we'll do I know we've done French films and Spanish films um, maybe we'll dive more into films maybe in Egypt or maybe yep, if got- there's films like we have to kind of see where we can get, we usually do three or we usually do four films, but maybe if we can even find three 
um, that we can talk about, and even two, if that's all that country has, maybe two is good. Um, whatever we yeah. can do. Yeah, because I'll say like uh, one that I'll definitely want to talk about: New Zealand. They've got a lot Absolutely. of good ones too. And we did talk about doing the Ukraine, and we did talk about doing Russia as well. Um, and the reason why we're choosing to do Russia, just so we're clear, is because there's lots of people who are from Russia that do not support the invading of Ukraine. And if we are going to do celebrate Russian filmmakers, you know, we don't want to put everyone in the same pod um, as Putin and what he is choosing to do. So we do want to make sure that we still continue to practice diversity and acceptance. Uh, So those probably will be some other countries we look into. And of course, we want to support Ukraine. Um, Not that talking about their films, you know, is making any difference in the war. No, But it at least promotes the culture and provides, I don't know something else that we can learn about the country other than the horrible devastation that is happening there so exactly that is probably some areas that we'll go into as well we've covered aussie films in the in the past i don't know um if we'll do australia because we have done it with tim and daniel yep um so and I we get and we got their insight on a lot of stuff too. and we got their insight too right so i feel like that would just be us repeating them um but Same yeah with like this the has been... japanese ghost stories like i mean yeah we, we could probably find other yeah. We could probably find other Japanese horror films that are not like the typical ghost stories that we've talked about if we wanted to. Yeah, we could, but I don't know if that's as 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 important as maybe finding stuff from other countries that right. you know haven't been as well known. Like we have Germany, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, we might want to you know delve into Germany a little bit more. Yeah, Brazil, um, Brazil, right? So like, I, there will be definitely some countries that we still have to do. Um, But yeah, this has been very, very interesting. But for our Out of the Dark segment, uh, we're going to talk about werewolves. And the one reason I wanted to talk about werewolves in this episode is because I knew we were going to talk about um, American Werewolf in London. And I know how much Scott loves the transition um, of the werewolf. I'm just pulling up a list of werewolf movies here so I can look like I'm super smart talking about them. Um, But I know Scott also is passionate about his type of werewolves. And he actually really cares about this topic. So I'm going to let him lead on it. All right. So, uh, yeah, like I am a huge uh, fan of werewolves. Werewolf? Werewolf. Sorry. I had to do a Mel, I had to do a Mel Brooks thing there for you. Um, but, uh, um, but no, I do love werewolves. Um, uh, it all depends, though, because there are not a lot of great werewolf films. Cause, but you don't think so? No, because werewolf films are very hard to do. They take mm. a lot when it comes to special effects. They and there's a lot of stories that have just been retread and retread and retread. Obviously, Wolfman being a universal classic. Um, spoiler alert: I have still not seen the Wolfman. Don't don't kill me. I'll get to it at some point. I know a lot about it though with Talbot and the Gypsy Curse and all that. I did see the Wolfman remake. Love it. Um, but. For me, when it comes to werewolves, each person is different, uh, but I am a fan of the bipedal style werewolves, the ones that are walking on just two feet like humans that are like just tall and monstrous. Uh, and one of the films that did that very, very awesome was uh, The Howling. Mm-hmm. And I like I've my my fandom for that film has dropped a little bit over the years but I still like absolutely fucking love the werewolf design in that the werewolf effects the werewolf transformations in that um and obviously American Werewolf London I 
I do love the werewolf transformation in that one as well. Just not a fan of the wolf on all fours, even though this wolf looked fucking horrifying and monstrous. But no, I am more the bipedal fan. Uh, and that's where a lot of the horror films go nowadays. Because uh, you have like uh, films like Dog Soldiers, um, Howl, Late Phases. All those, I would say, are good werewolf films that show plenty of werewolf. Um, Tim Davis on the Horror for Dummies went on a rant a couple, few episodes back on their show going on a rant about how you're promoting this movie to be a werewolf film, but you don't give me a goddamn werewolf. And one of those was a film called Bloodthirsty from last year that he went on this rant about. It showed like the very, very early transformation of a werewolf, but never showed the full-blown werewolf. And I know Tim Davis gets upset about that. I do as well, though I'll give the movie a little more credits when they're when it's due. But I also am the fan where it's like, if you're going to do a werewolf film, go big or go home. Um, there isn't a lot of room for like the low budget werewolf films where it's like, oh, we're going to talk no. about like, we're going to talk no. about like, you know, what's going on and like feeling a little bit of the curse, but we're not going to show the werewolf at all. It's like that is like if you're going to do a werewolf film, show us the werewolf like what about in a comedy film like werewolves within they showed the really werewolf. don't yeah but like right at the end yeah like um, r- and that was okay you didn't think yeah, it needed I, to be in there more i would have liked it to be in there more but i okay. also like that film did a great job of just like character dialogue and like i said i can give movies credit where credit is due like if you're not going to show the werewolf that much at least move make the movie entertaining to move along werewolves when within did that yeah i would have loved to see a little more of the werewolf but at the same time like they they at least showed you a werewolf where yeah bloodthirsty you see her just kind of have like fangs and not really much else um yeah so films like that i'm not a fan of but like uh and i also appreciate you know when werewolf films try to do something different like uh ginger snaps where it's talking about uh you know uh a girl transitioning into a woman with like having her period and becoming an adult and like using that as a form of like werewolf like you know like like She's having changes in her body. Well, in this movie, she, her changes in her body are quite physical. <laughs> but yes, I, they are. I, I love that about that film. Like, I like, I like how they can use that as a metaphor. And like, Ginger Snaps is a very good, ver- good thing about that. Um, the werewolf in that, yeah, I could take it or leave it. It's a wolfless or a hairless werewolf. But at the same time, I love the story, and they do show a werewolf, and it's vicious and mean. And same with the cursed that mm-hmm. they show uh, werewolves in that and that is a different take on a werewolf which i absolutely love the, the curse 2021 yeah. right no, yeah 2020 uh 2022 because there's another curse that came out in like the early 90s. 2000s oh, yeah it? we're not talking about that one everyone we're not talking about that one um, we're talking West Craven, about what did you do yeah we're talking about the most recent one and i agree with you scott i think the thing that stands out to me in the curse that just came out um is the scene where they kill the wolf and then she's inside the body's inside and it's all fucked up and like yeah that whole concept of that curse and the fangs and oh man it's it's that movie it's mwah. like and that to me is a great fucking werewolf film but also made in ireland and um you know by people where the where the legend actually began so right yeah, yeah. and uh yeah not not a lot of like not a ton of cgi where that's where a lot of like, you know, you could do CGI in werewolf movies. Sure. No problem. I, I get it. Werewolf transformations with uh, uh, practical effects. Very tough to do. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I have no problem with the CGI werewolf transformations. But yeah, just show us a werewolf. 
and make your werewolf movie good. Like, unfortunately, yeah. Wes Craven's cursed movie was not good. Yeah, I never saw it. Um, now, there's a movie I feel like, have you seen it called Weir? No, it's I have heard W-E-R, of this W-E-R, and it's I... uh, in France, and a female attorney defends a murder suspect who brutish appearance and a deadly secret, and I guess it's supposed to be a werewolf film. I'll say I've heard of it. It's definitely what I've wanted um, to watch. I'll just see if I can find it. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. One of the werewolf films that really stuck out to me that I saw was Hollow, or how how hollow hollow from 2015 yes. about the train in london yep i thought that was in a fucking exceptional werewolf film i love the werewolves that they showed i love the build-up of the characters and what was going on um so yeah yep that and uh late phases were some from like the 2010s that i thought were really good i don't know if you've seen late phases where the werewolf takes over at a uh like uh senior living facility no but i should watch that that would totally be up my my alley i think you've mentioned it to me before but i'll be honest my werewolf knowledge is very limited like i'm looking at these werewolf movies and seeing how little i've actually seen like for goodness sakes they consider twilight werewolf movies and i've seen the yeah. twilight films and yeah you know what they transfer into wolves in that film it's not werewolves they transfer into actual wolves yep and uh um, that is uh that is in uh indigenous culture type yeah they're yeah, they're, right? they're not they're shapeshifters not werewolves right and i think that that's you know it falls into the werewolf category but it is yeah. following indigenous culture right which we're obviously as two fucking white people not going to criticize let's make right exactly right um and whether you how you feel about the twilight films or not is separate than how you feel about the um the indigenous culture part of it i agree with you about ginger snaps i think that's a really good slow burn of how she turns into how she's turning into a werewolf. I think the movie Wolf with Michael, oh, sorry, yeah, Jack, with Nicholson Jack Nicholson and, yeah. and Michelle Pfeiffer was always really cool. I enjoy the part where he's like trying to jump out of the cage at the end. I always thought that part was really, really fucking awesome. Um, I've never seen Silver Bullet. Oh, Silver Bullet, also another very good one. I can't, I, I forgot to mention that mm. one, but that's also a bipedal werewolf and that werewolf is terrifying looking and it's a Stephen King story. So, you know, the story itself is always going to be good. And like this one is, it's definitely that 80s style. Like, it's very good. Uh, highly recommend that one as well. And I haven't seen the original Wolfman uh, with Lonnie yeah. Chaney Jr. So, you know, I feel very naive in that area. I, I can't really speak to that. I do like when the werewolves are bipedal. I agree with you. I don't mind the standing upright one, like the one that's portrayed in Teen Wolf. I think it's comical. Um, well, that's, that's that's the ones I like, the bipedal ones, the ones that are standing Oh, bipedal, like Sorry wrong i like the ones that are running around like wolvesies okay right so i what's not bipedal what's is that pedal yeah quadpedal i guess i don't know quadpedal quadpedal i don't know we're, we're very smart here on friday night yeah. here so we really know terms i like it when they look like wolves and they run around like puppies <laughs> and i like puppies and that's why i like those wolves i do like when to go fast they kind of like get down on all fours <laughs> i like when they get down on all fours and i like when they run because they get the speed up yeah you know what i mean they got four legs instead of two so they can go a lot quicker and i think that's what i liked about the howl movie is that they were able to kind of stalk them and get them uh, same with American Werewolf in London. I do like that look a little bit more. Um, bipedal, I think, is more humanish, which I think is still cool. Um, but I do like when they turn into wolves. I even do like when they turn into full out wolves, like you become a wolf and you're just like super fucking killing all that kind of shit. Now, what do we think about the different mythology when it comes to how you turn into a wolf? So we got, you know, in Curse 2022, you would just get bit by the silver teeth. 
Yeah, but that was not uh, right. Well, Cursed is uh, is basically a uh, different take on the Wolfman from like the Universal Wolfman because it's a gypsy curse, and that's what happens with Wolfman. He gets cursed by a gypsy, you know, in that it's actually a curse. Where in Cursed 2022, it's a cursed item that affects people and turns them into these wolves. Uh, so I that is my favorite mythology because I love. No, I thought it was the teeth. No, the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, the that's the cursed item. The gypsy but, cursed the item. But the teeth has to bite you, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's why it's like I'm saying, like it's a cursed item where oh, okay. when it okay, bites yes, you, yes, it's yes, what yes. Sorry, you. yes. Um, but yeah, that's that is like my favorite type of mythology is just the gypsy mythology because there isn't a lot of things that involve gypsy horror. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, when it comes to the wolf werewolf mythology, because I know in in Wolf with with Jack Nicholson, he was bit. Um, Howl, it was being bit as well, and yep. the transition always seems to be a little bit slower. In some cases, you die. In some cases, like an American Werewolf in London, you live, but then you transfer into the wolf when the when the moon is full and i always think it's funny that it always corresponds to the full moon uh and that nothing can really kill you but silver and i think that's consistent in all the films is silver and i think maybe burning to death like is that a thing too or no um i think in some werewolf films but uh, the only one that the silver is not consistent in is american werewolf in london because he can get killed by regular bullets yes because they shoot him and he dies just well yeah we think he dies yeah we don't uh, know but yeah, I like that the curse that, you know, there are like the certain werewolf movies where when they get bit, they like transform like almost immediately, but I, where they almost treat it like a zombie virus, but I yeah, like the ones yeah. where it's more, you get bit and it could take up to a month for the next full moon to be here. And that's when you start to transform. Like you'll suffer and deal with these images and all of a sudden craving craving blood and meat and all that stuff and have like some animalistic urges and be a little more cranky but you don't actually transform into the wolf till the full moon and i like yeah. that i like that a lot more because yeah. yeah with this film like with werewolves one thing i love about them for the most part like the old like a lot of the like classics is the person that is cursed is usually a good person that just un- that is unfortunately cursed with this thing that will turn them into a bloodthirsty murderous monster and that Absolutely. they just can't help themselves. Absolutely. I think you're 100% right. And I think that, and, and in werewolf films, it tends to be a good person. It tends to be someone who's of the innocent. Yeah. That kind of ends up being put in this really shitty situation with being turned into a wolf. I think you really hit the nail on the on the head there, Scotty, with that one. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting genre. And I've realized how little I, I know about it. Like I've really listed the films I've seen. I've seen it, the howling. I haven't seen silver bullet. I've seen ginger snaps. Like, I think I've seen some, and there's a lot of course, shitty werewolf films that are out there. Um, but it's really hard to sort through and following the quality when I think you're right. It's hard. It's a film that's, it's a, it's a genre that's hard to do well. Um, just because of the transition and showing the wolf and, you know, what kind of wolf do you make and, and, you know, how much money do you have and what kind of budget can you do? And it's, it's a really interesting, you know, concept. Um, you know, we haven't talked about underworld and that came up with the werewolf shit that there's werewolves in underworld as well. Right. Um, I fuck, I haven't seen underworld in so long. I couldn't no, I. talk about it. Like, I don't even remember it, to be honest with you. I like blank comes to my mind when I think of underworld, but I, I really look forward to kind of expanding my knowledge in the werewolf section. So if anyone has suggestions on werewolf films that Scott and I haven't mentioned, please, please add them to our page because 
I really don't know much. And I really would like to kind of expand my knowledge of that genre a little bit more. Yeah, because there are a lot out there, some better than others. Like, it's just one of those genres that's very tough to do unless you have a budget. Like, or unless you are pod- podcasts out there. Yeah. And some are better than one, ours. But there's only one Friday Nightmares. And that one is, that two is, or three is, Exploding Heads movie, poor movie podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the Horror Returns. Oh, four, Psychosomagic Side Podcast. Five, and, um, Horror for Dummies. Horror for Dummies was what I was getting to. Oh, my God. Basically, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> If you uh, like Scott and I, you'll love them. Right. Um, but yeah, this has been a really fun topic to talk about. So we look forward to seeing everyone again in a couple of weeks. As a friendly reminder, uh, our next episode will not be released until May 27th, uh, which will be about a month off uh, just due to my travels. Hopefully I don't get bit by a werewolf. Right. Um, Stay off the moors at night. Yeah. Can you imagine though? I wish if I was a werewolf, I had had like, I would go and kill fucking pedophiles and like rapists, men and women um yeah and like just find pieces of shit and mostly men though because unfortunately it's a mostly male thing of fuck their shit up if i was a werewolf like if i could like be a werewolf and controlled who i killed i would do it hell yeah hands down i would hands down um so maybe if if i meet one i can negotiate with it and be like look i'm fine with this being a curse but i want control over who I fuck up and exactly. see what it, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes, Scott. All right, please do. I'll I, let I, you know how that conversation goes. Good thing I live in the U.S., so you won't be hunting me down right away. I will not be at least on oh, the list. If, I wouldn't if, kill you. Well, I mean, if you couldn't, if you couldn't help yourself, like, and you had to go oh, into a murderous rage, but I'm you also look like a wolf. Distance. Look at your beard. True. I would, I would just think you're one of my kind. That is, that is true. That is true. Oh, yeah, I just <laughs> come there and you would like give me belly rubs and be like, "Who's yeah. a good Heather? Who's, who's a good Heather? Oh, oh, you want a treat? Oh, you want a treat? Oh, that's a good Heather." I'm like sleeping. I'm like sleeping on your floor, all curled up, and, like protecting you. <laughs> mm, werewolf. You keep pet. me like a pet. Mm. You. <laughs> like, like we go for walks and like I'm like growling at everything that moves and like. <laughs> stealing people's guns in michigan and i'd have to boop you on the the snout if you're if you chase after my cats i'd have to boop you on the snout the bad heather right you entertain me and give in what's the word um calm me down by sedating me by uh giving me cider and nachos yes (laughs) yes perfect oh man that'd be great anyway we will be back again in four weeks um in the meantime scott's gonna i don't know what scott's gonna do enjoy his vacation as well i guess yeah i'll say i won't have to worry about editing for a while after this episode is released that'll be a nice little reprieve and just kind of chill watch some movies do some (laughs) watch more than two 2022s is his goal between now and when we record again hopefully he has four 2022s to talk about There may only be four that I talk about because the others may not be worth watching. Who knows? We'll find out. Who knows? Well, thank you as always to everybody for listening. You can find us on the Legion um, Network and you can find Legion Network on any of the podcast apps that you listen to. And finally, if you are not a member of the Legion Patreon yet, Scotty. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? (laughs) Please join the Legion Patreon today and you can get access to awesome shows by Bo and other people on the Legion Podcast Network that do releases. Scott and I used to do that and we haven't because we've been busy, but we will be doing it again. Yes, we're not done yet. No. Scott and I, controllers up, cards down, everybody. Message Scott if you want that back. I have nothing (sighs) to do with why that's not happening now. 
All right, um, folks. Scott Scott needs a breaky break from podcasting. Besides just one, besides just the main show. A breaky break. <laughs> did he say a breaky break? I did say a breaky break. <laughs> Drinky poos. <laughs> Drinky poos. <laughs> yum yums. Yum yums. Other other dialogue that you've developed from me. <laughs> You said you said something the other day about someone taking their dog for walkies, and I'm like, yeah. that's totally because I say fucking walkies all the time. Yep. <laughs> it rubs off on each other, though. Like, you know, one day I'll see Sack Galvin too. I'll be like, I feel like you're my favorite star because Scott, you know that guy you met with the beard? Oh, him. Yeah, 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 him. Because he also likes gremlins. He's like, I know. He was weird. I'm like, I know. <laughs> he, don't, he wouldn't stop smelling me. But you haven't seen weirder yet, but you will. Um, anyway, so yeah, we'll see you guys on the uh, on the 27th. So until then, do you have anything to say to the good people, Scott? Yes. So until next time, kiddies, beware of the moors at night. And Heather, I want to say to you, I hope you have a wonderful, safe, and fantastic trip. And just please do not get bit by a werewolf and just, just enjoy your time. I feel like it's because you don't want to have to pay for my vaccinations. It, it's, it gets expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Scotty. I will have a fabulous time. I'm sure I'll, I'm doing a, uh, a ghost walk on the first day that I'm there. So maybe I'll talk about that in our page. I don't know. Yeah, we'll I don't see. know if anyone really cares about my trip, but we'll see. I'm sure a lot <laughs> yeah. of people do. Right. But- so anyway, until next time, see you guys later. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.